And good morning. It is a Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn. He's Griffin. A lot to do on the program today. Coming up, the Iron Man himself, Cal Ripken Jr., will join us. Talk a little bit about Orange Tober. Obviously, um, we'll talk about Brooks Robinson, of course, as well, with the great Cal Ripken here in a bit. In a few minutes, Matt Millen, Big Ten Network analyst, of course, a man who knows a thing or two about winning a Super Bowl. Matt Millen was on the call for Maryland's win over Indiana on Saturday. We'll talk to him about that and look ahead to Maryland, Ohio State this coming Saturday as the Terps try to shock the world and back up their 5-0 start. We'll talk to Matt Millen in a bit. Also later on this morning, we'll preview Waiver Wire Wednesday. Not an electric Waiver Wire Wednesday this week. Just not a lot of well, the good news. That. No, the good news is that means there weren't really all that many significant injuries. Yeah. Um, this week there, you know, there can be some names that might still be percolating. Maybe you're all worked up about like Michael Wilson in Arizona. We'll talk about those things, but it just feels like a good week to maybe rest save your fab fab dollars for players that are more significant no no time for rest i gotta no devon achan on the waiver wire this week no puka nakua nothing like that that's gonna change your fantasy season that we believe but we'll talk about it anyway with joe serpico press box fantasy football got my own defense league winner yeah um sure sure i was already up by 100 points last night and then the seattle defense got ahead and got me 30 more like, I could use some of these points next week. Anybody want to save any? Nope. Nope, not the case. All right. Um, tonight, Tyus Bowser show. We will be at Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North starting at 7 o'clock. The Tyus Bowser show is a partnership of Press Box and Great Eights Memorabilia. It is brought to you by Superbook Sports and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. Myself, Rita. Tyus and his special guest, Ravens running back Justice Hill, is his special guest tonight. Justice Hill will join uh, us and Tyus Bowser tonight at 7 at Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North. Plenty. Two questions I get asked all the time whenever we do a show. The first is, what's the parking situation? And I understand that. As a man of a certain age, I need you to know how much I understand you asking me about parking because inevitably it guides decisions that I make as well. It's going to happen that way. And that's the reality I get every time we go to Guilford Hall Brewery. Hey, what's the uh, parking situation like? Well, let me be as frank as I can. There is no specific lot for Guilford Hall Brewery, but I have been... 15 times and I have never found anything but an abundance of available street parking either directly outside or within one block of Guilford Hall Brewery. So I I am as a guy who cares deeply about this subject literally to the point where I fight with the people that are in charge of making these events happen and I say we thought about parking every time. It is something, it's the Virgo in me, it's whatever you want to call it. I'm obsessed with it. So I understand it. When somebody reaches out to me like, hey man, uh, what's the parking situation at Guilford Hall? I'm so glad you asked. I hate this topic. But I'm telling you, it is not an issue. And if you've never been, you have no idea what you're missing. 
I know there are about a billion places that call themselves breweries now. I understand that, like, you can't sneeze without running into a couple of breweries. This one is perfect. We have an updoor, or, uh, upstairs. Updoor, yeah. Updoor. Let's go with updoor. We have an upstairs event space that we use. It's the same event space that they use for, like, wedding receptions, things along those lines. It is spacious. We have had massive crowds for events. We've had smaller crowds for events. And it never feels like you're cramped. It never feels like you're on top of people. Anything along those lines. Plus the food's great. The beer selection is outstanding. Tonight, 7 o'clock, Guilford Hall Brewery, the Tyus Bowser Show with special guest Justice Hill. We will see you tonight for the Tyus Bowser Show. Find out more at PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. Again, brought to you by Superbook Sports, HelpMyGamblingProblem.org, and a partnership with PressBox and Great Eights Memorabilia. Cool? Capiche? We good? Great. Um, not a whole lot to say. We're still kind of waiting on First of all, I, I dig the fact that the Orioles are doing a public uh, workout with the team. Hmm. Great opportunity for... I don't like talking about it in these terms, but realistically, we have to be honest. And I say this all the time about like preseason football. There are two groups of people. There are people that simply economically say either it's not worth it to me or it's just not realistic for me to be able to go to playoff games. I understand that group of people. I have come from that group of people. Truth be told, it's still not economically viable for me to go to these games. I've just gone ahead and going to decide that, like, my kids aren't going to go to college. That's what it is. By the way, I was thinking about how much money people probably paid for, like, a ticket. If you're a Giants fan, how much did your ticket cost last night to watch that? Yeah, probably. I, 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 and I'll, I'll come back to that thought in a second. Okay. But, like, that for that group of people, they either just decided that economically it does not make sense or it's not viable. And then the other group of people is kids. And that, to me, has become the more significant thing. I, I swore, in fairness, I don't like going to any football games, any NFL games. But I swore I would never again watch in any form a preseason football game. Until a year ago, somebody called me and said, hey, man, would your kids want to go to the preseason game tonight? And I was like, piss. Yes, they probably would. And then those make and the I most took sense. Well, they're most they, financially... Uh, for financial re- reasons, well. makes all the sense in the world. If they want to leave at halftime, if they're not, if they're getting antsy, we can do that. There are fewer drunken a-holes that you will have to deal with at a preseason game. One, because there are a few people uh. that come to the preseason games. And two, because they're not as, you know, all keyed up about, oh, we got to be, we got to be, you know, it's just less of that that exists, it makes sense. I'm not going to take my kids at 8 and 6 to Major League Baseball playoff games. Economically, again, nonsensical. The games start later. There's no world. There's no 6.30 start time for a playoff game, although there are afternoon games. But when we get deeper into the playoffs, there'll be fewer of those. It's just not sensical. So doing something like this makes all the sense in the world. So I give the Orioles credit for that. This is a smart thing to do. While it doesn't really interest 
me necessarily, right? Like, I don't have any interest in going and watching batting practice. I still get it. It makes sense. It's an opportunity. And I, I it's also during the afternoon, so, like, you'd have to take your kids out of school. That is the awkward part about this. But it's an opportunity to go let them have a feel for playoff baseball and the excitement that everybody's feeling in town. So I dig it. I, I think it's smart. You can just go claim your ticket, sit in the stadium, feel the atmosphere, feel the electricity. I love it. All for it. Um, I know they're doing some other events this week to try to celebrate and send in the bird around and send in all of, um, you know, Mr. Splash is going around town this week. You know, that, of course, is not necessarily for me, but it might be for somebody, and I dig that too. So all on board with all of those things and love what the Orioles are doing. We don't have any information yet, nor will we, I think, until Friday at the early. I don't think they actually have to set the roster until like an hour and a half before the game or something like that. I don't think they have to make those decisions. Now, maybe they'll choose to announce some of them beforehand, and I don't, maybe I have this wrong. I'm just trying to remember this from the last time the Orioles were in the playoffs. I, I think they don't have to set the roster until right before the game starts. So many of these things that we've been debating and that we'll continue to discuss throughout the course of the week, who should be the closer. First of all, they don't have to announce who the closer is at all, and they probably won't. I'm sure Brandon Hyde will be asked about it. And the only interesting thing will be, does he feel the need to tell publicly whoever, if they have decided on a person, does he feel the need to say, we publicly have faith in Yanir Cano? And if that's the case, then we might learn about it. If not, I don't even think he'll give us an answer. I think he'll just sort of say, man, we'll find out. <laughs> or, you know, we're going to we're gonna continue looking into our options and given what the circumstances are and what the situation is, I think that's the most likely scenario is he's going to dodge until Saturday or whenever they're in a save situation, or, hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully they win every game by 10 runs and they don't need a closer at any point during the That playoffs. happens so much during the regular season. Yeah, not season. normally the way that it works at all. But, you know. We be, should expect that, yeah. It would be neat if it did. Same thing for the, the other things that we're debating. Um, there, I've seen way more movement on the 14 um, roster, uh, 14 position player, 12 pitcher argument. I am. I don't think I support that. I think I'm opposed to the concept I've laid out my reasons why. I do think it makes more sense. I think at least one team already acknowledged they were doing that for the wild card round, which gets underway this afternoon. I think it makes a bit more sense in the wild card round when it's at most three games. You know you don't need a fourth starting pitcher. What what are we doing here? Of course it makes more sense for you to go with a 14-position player roster for a wild card round. For a division series, it only takes one 17-inning game to screw up all your plans. I just don't think I can support it. I'm going to continue to say that. And given as quickly as you pull your pitchers in the playoffs, I just don't see it. I see it for a series that's at most three games long. But for a series that will be three to five games long, I I can't go along with that. It doesn't work for me. But we're going to continue to wait on those answers, and I don't know when we might get them. I don't know if they're going to do... I I assume they'll do a media availability around this workout tomorrow. Like, I assume. But I don't know that either. I'm just 
sort of assuming that they'll do that and that that will provide us some sort of opportunity to hear from uh, Brandon Hyde and at least have these questions be asked, even if he's not going to give answers. Um, so, right, there's that, there's that. Oh, yeah, the Rangers-Rays series. Obviously, yes. all the wild-card series get underway today. The Rangers-Rays series, of course, is the one that we'll have the most interest in because it will provide the answer as to who the Orioles are playing in the next round. And interestingly enough, that's the one that's happening in the afternoons. Um, so 3 o'clock today. And I believe the game times are the same for today and tomorrow. I don't know what that would be on Thursday if there were game threes. Mm. I would assume that I they would tr- move it. They would try to get it all in prime. If like if there's two game threes on Thursday, I would assume that they want them at four and seven or, or six and eight nine or whatever. I mean, whatever. Yeah. However, the timing would work out. Um, although nothing starts later than eight o'clock in this round. Is that because nobody's on the West Coast? Um, Mets, Phillies, yeah, Twins. Yes. Yeah, Twins are in Central Time. Yeah, that's... and the Diamondbacks are on the road. Yeah, so nothing is past Central Time. So that probably has something to do with why all the times, and so that probably means there wouldn't be an option for starting. Like maybe the latest you could start a game would be nine o'clock, because that would be eight o'clock Central Time. So maybe they would try to stagger and make it like six and nine on Thursday night if there were two game threes. Of course, there's also football on Thursday night, so maybe they try yeah. to avoid that and they just say, "Hey, we're playing everything in the afternoon." I don't think they would do that. Yeah, they might. I don't think. I don't think they would do that. There's always good atmosphere. I mean, there's good atmosphere. Yeah, it's no the playoffs. Why, so. I get it, except for in Tampa. Um, yeah. it's the playoffs. They will be largely. <laughs> good atmosphere can't tell a, what time of day it it's is. a good thing they didn't bother to move the stadium back to tampa to try to get fans to go they just said hey is our biggest problem the fact that it's in st petersburg well let's keep it there looks cool though big aquarium sure in the wrong part of town it's just nonsensical um and then as far as the football game was concerned last night clearly not a lot to be said we all knew how reckless it was to spend as much money on Daniel Jones as the Giants did, and it spoke to the fear that permeates throughout football about not having a quarterback. And it was always comical to sort of put it in the context of what was going on with Lamar Jackson. I think what we're still missing, because we're like laughing at Atlanta and we're laughing at the Raiders and we're laughing at, at New Orleans and all these teams that didn't try to get in on Lamar Jackson, but we're, we're rewriting history in the process. The Ravens made it clear to everyone, and that was what we learned as the process went along. The Ravens made it clear, don't bother. Don't get involved. You're not getting Lamar Jackson. We're going to match. You can go reckless and wild if you want, but we're going to match anyway. Now, in hindsight, should a team have done it? Like a team like Atlanta, should they have just done it anyway and said... Either we're going to force the Ravens to do something crazy with their cap or we're going to try to bowl them over with a try. I don't know. I don't have those con- I don't have those answers because I think ultimately what we learned is that the Ravens were going to keep Lamar Jackson come hell or high water. So separate it from that. The fear of not having a quarterback is so crippling in the NFL, it's death. Now, you could say this might be the one thing that's worse than death, which is purgatory. Like, I, I would listen to that argument. I would listen to the argument that the, the New York Giants are in a worse place than even the Atlanta Falcons who just don't have a quarterback. Because you can say the Giants are the team that recklessly spent on someone who they knew was not good enough. And I know that last night 
isn't necessarily Daniel Jones' fault, then if you were a Giants fan listening to me, you'd probably say to yourself, like, oh, you're screaming at Daniel Jones. How about the offensive? I get it. I get it. He was running for his life on every play. But let's not pretend like this was the first example. You know what play he wasn't running for his life on? The pick six. That's on Daniel Jones. The one opportunity they had to make it a football game. That's not on the offensive line. That's on him. He's not good enough. But the Giants were terrified of a world in which they didn't have a quarterback. And so they were willing to pay an extraordinary amount of money for someone that we just know isn't good enough. And that's the it's the damnedest thing about the NFL. And it's the reason why the Ravens ultimately had to pay whatever they had to pay in order to make sure that Lamar Jackson was going to be a Baltimore Raven. And why every time you guys try to, well, but he didn't finish the year last year. It just, the, the, what is the alternative? This is the NFL. The Seahawks, I, I wish I could get more invested in the Seahawks. Like, the Giants had nothing to offer last night, and the Seahawks still were not all that impressive. Like, it was, an, it was a lopsided victory, but it was a lopsided victory because the other team was terrible. I, I think their defense is good. I certainly think their defense is good. But do I think they can be a threat? No. Is it maybe some somehow like uh, the Raven, like what the Ravens did against the Browns in the second half where they just kind of knew the game? Uh, it felt But it was like in that hand. in the first half. Like, you're acting like they were, uh, they, they were methodically moving... My phone wants me to hear something. I'm good. I appreciate it, phone. I'm good with this. Um, <laughs> what the hell is going on over there? Um, you're acting like they were methodically moving the ball in the first half. They they just weren't. They, at no point did they like seize control of this game other than yeah. the Giants just simply had nothing to offer, and so it was never competitive. Gino Smith was a little banged up, I guess, and they didn't want to – I don't know. They, they didn't want to really let it loot. I'm not sure. I, yeah. They're just not that good. Like it's not hard. Like they're fine. I mean, they're, on paper they do look. No, good. on paper they have a good defense and they're not incompetent really offensively, right? Like, and ultimately this is the nature of the NFL. Geno Smith is okay. He's at this point arguably better than Daniel Jones. But like, there was nothing about last night that made you say, "God, I'm glad I sat down and watched that football game." <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> this is. This is the world that we live in. And the Giants are right back on Sunday Night Football in two weeks. I mean, the, I, these are deeper conversations that only I seem to care about with the NFL where they, like, force feed the national TV windows to these big markets. And no matter how – we don't care how mediocre or how mid these teams are, we're going to force you to watch them. Because I, I, these networks are terrified that if you put a Jacksonville-Buffalo game on football – that there isn't a big market to lift up the ratings, as if we don't have every every ounce of evidence that Americans will watch any football game that's on television. Now imagine if you gave them good ones for a change. Imagine if you mix things up and put a good football game on TV. I don't know if you saw, but in a couple of weeks they flexed Lions Buccaneers back to the 425, the national TV window on Fox. Good stuff. Where I think their other option was going to be Patriots. What was the other option Uh, going to be? I can't remember. It was was one of those games where you're like, ew. (laughs) Ew. I think it involved the Patriots. I I can't believe the NFL. Like, 
three years ago the Patriots were interesting, and the network still haven't been willing to like forget that that's not a thing anymore. Like they're still pretending like Tom Brady plays for the Patriots. Oh, it's the Patriots. You guys have watched them for years. They've always been reliable, right? Because they had good players. They don't have that anymore. Why are we still doing this bit? What is this charade where we're pretending like the Patriots are still a thing? Hang on, I'm pulling up week six real quick. Week six was... Ugh. Oh, no, that wasn't the Fox. It was Patriots are in four, but it's Patriots Raiders. That wasn't the Fox game. It was Eagles-Jets. That was the Fox game. That was going to be, if not, if they hadn't flexed. The country was going to get Eagles-Jets. And again, it, like, the Eagles at least are compelling. But good on the NFL, good on Fox for recognizing that we don't want to watch bad football teams. We're just not interested. I'm still not sold on how good the Buccaneers are. I still think this is largely a schedule-based fluke and that they are not going to be a particularly good football team this season. But at the worst, they'll be 3-2 and two going into this game. At the worst they'll be competitive and probably still leading the NFC South. So I get the decision. All right, today's show is brought to you by Superbook Sports. Use the code GlennClark23 when you sign up at Superbook and you'll get a first bet match same day, up to $250, win or lose. I'm starting to look at some of the lines for this week. I think we should just do primetime unders, right? That's Is that that's, well, I mean it's they've been bad football games. Yeah, it's like well, that's part of I think it depends on what the football game is. If one of these times yeah, they get around blindly, to, if they one of these times they get around to putting a good football game on TV, primetime unders. I think that's I might be willing to look at that. I think that's the routes. Ravens on the road four and a half point favorites in Pittsburgh on Sunday, despite the fact that there's some optimism now that Kenny Pickett may not miss a lot of time. That's the word. that It might be that he could even play on Sunday. So do with that what you will. Ravens four-and-a-half-point favorites on the road Sunday in Pittsburgh. Use the code GlennClark23 when you sign up at Superbook. Take advantage of that same-day first bet match up to $250, win or lose. Maryland goes on the road this Saturday. They take on Ohio State, and they are 5-0 and for the first time since back in 2001 when they went on to the Orange Bowl. Joining us now, he was on the call for Big Ten Network on Saturday as Maryland took care of business against Indiana. He is BTN analyst and football legend, four-time Super Bowl champion, Matt Millen, and he's back with us here on GCR. Matt, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to catch up with you as always. Thank you for taking the time for us. Yeah, not a problem. Yeah, that was uh, that was an interesting game. I think in, I think uh, Maryland uh, Maryland's got some good skill people. That should be that'll be that'll be an interesting game at Ohio State because I don't know where Ohio State is, um, but um, I think. They're probably another step up from Ohio, from uh, Maryland, but we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, I got to be honest with you, Matt. I think a lot of people around here are excited, but cautiously excited, right? Like acknowledging right. the schedule has not been particularly daunting so far for Maryland, and I sure. get it. Like the bar with Maryland football has been, even when the schedule has been not been daunting in the past, sometimes they would come out of a stretch like this, three and two. So I, these are all good things. But how much do we really know, even from the 5-0 and record, and even how much do we really know about what this Maryland team is capable of as of this point? 
Well, you you don't. I mean, that's and that's. But here's what we do know. We do know that you have some skilled people. You know, you got Felton on the outside. You got speed with with uh, Prather. You got uh, you got a solid right tackle. Um, a, uh, Glaze seventy four yeah, or left Glaze, tackle yeah. rather, mm-hmm. yeah, and then um, the rest of the offensive line is that's to me that would be my my worry point. But you know, Corey Deitches is a, that kid can catch the ball and he can he runs good routes. He's not a great blocker, but he's he gets in your way. The whole piece, the whole key to the piece of this puzzle is Talia. Because I think he's in control right now. I just watching the game the other day. He's he's there's no thought process. He's just doing it, and so and he's accurate with the ball. His arm is strong enough. He he's uh, he just he's in control, and I I think that's that'll be the key for them. I guess I ask this: can can that make up for the other issues? Like I. Because you, you bring up a couple of points that, that we've talked about a lot when it comes to Maryland football, particularly in the Mike Loxley area, era. The, the skill position players, outstanding. Talia, the best quarterback that Maryland has had in uh, 20 or so years, right? Like, all of these things. But can they make up for the deficiencies they have on the offensive line? Or as they play these, these more high-quality Big Ten opponents, is that simply going to end up dooming them because they can't come up with answers? Well, I mean, when you get to games like this, this is what this is where it really shows. Is it going to doom them? I don't know how much of an eraser Talia can be. Um, so, so in, but in order to do that, you're still going to have to stop them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to stop that offensive that offensive line. I, I think I think you can run against this Maryland defense. I think that's that's one of their their heels, their uh, Achilles heels. So I think they have some pretty decent people out, you know, in the, in the back end. Um, it is still, is he, is he a hundred percent healthy? Sorry. I don't think so, but we'll, I, I'll double, I think the, well, Mike Loxley is going to speak today. So we'll get more of an answer on that today. Yeah. Yeah. So to me, so they, what you, what they don't have on the defensive side is a, is a pure pass rusher. And you know, that's and that's hard. So, if you don't have a guy who can just beat the guy across from him, you know, then you have to try to manufacture stuff. When you start trying to manufacture, means you're starting to bring blitzes. That means you're messing with your back end, which means you're going to be locked up man to man most of the time when you do that. Um, and not always, but so I just think when you start rolling a dice like that, that's when you get exposed, and that's that's where I think the difference will be. He is Matt Millen. He's with us here on GCR. Again, to his point, we are waiting not only on word about Tarheeb Still, who left the game, but also Jay Sean Barham, who, of course, was limited on Saturday, and even Corey Deitches, who left the game. And these are all really important pieces for a Maryland team that's trying to figure out a way to shock Ohio State. Matt, we've seen in recent years, right, like we go back to uh, the season where Matt Canada was running the team and Maryland was a two-point conversion away from beating Ohio State a year ago. They got the ball back late with a chance to go down the field and try to pull off an upset after they really battled Ohio State at home. Is it that that Maryland's getting closer? I mean, we saw it with Michigan a year ago where Maryland was competitive. 
Or I, I think that we're all encouraged, but are you genuinely buying that they are closing the gap at all with the top teams in the Big Ten? Oh, well, yeah, I don't think there's any question about that. I think that gap's been closing, and I think it's been closing steadily. I just think every, every team has pluses and minuses, no matter, where, no matter what it is. Even the championship teams have, you know, they have pluses and minuses on their team. Right now, I think this Maryland team... Their, their minuses are in places that are hard to cover up. So when I go in to watch a team, the first thing I do, and it's the same thing any scout would do when they come in, is you look at your offensive defensive fronts. So your offensive line, to me, is that's a – well, really, the first thing you say is, okay, do they have a quarterback? And the answer in this case is yes. Number two, do you have a, an offensive line – that can do both aspects of the game. Can they run the football, and can they protect? And the answer is they can run the ball. They're suspect in protection. Mm-hmm. That's, where, that's where then you have to look at the combination between Talia's feet and how he gets out of trouble and, <clears throat> the, and their ability to be able to protect him and keep him upright all the time. <clears throat> and so I think that's where the negative is. Now, how much of a negative? Yeah, I don't really know Ohio State. I don't think Ohio State is as strong as they've been in the past, but they're still strong. They're still they're young. They they've got some skill people. They always do. So it'll be interesting to see how that matchup. I'm actually actually looking forward to that that matchup. I think it'll be uh, fascinating. I think it's going to be a huge moment for this program to try to prove. Again, even if they weren't to not to win, but to just battle again, and I know that Maryland fans would some say, well, we've seen them battle at Ohio State. I think it's still an important thing to do to prove that this is not this is not just fluky because of the schedule or anything along those lines. But Matt, if there was a roadmap to doing this, right, if, if you could lay out, hey, for Maryland to go into Columbus and beat Ohio State on Saturday, it would have to look like this. What would that roadmap look like? So that roadmap would have to include winning the turnover margin. That's the first thing. Um, you cannot turn the ball over. They, they, so Maryland can't turn the ball over at all. Okay? They need to get a couple of turnovers. You need good field position. And you can't have big chunk plays against your defense. And the defensive front is going to have to play the best they have this season against that, that Ohio State uh, run game because I, I again like I said they're going to have to do it with seven if you start adding people then you start taking chances on the outside so if they can do those things heck they have a great chance of winning because I think they're going to score points I feel like part of this conversation that we're having about this coming Saturday is also that we just don't think Ohio State is quite as infallible as they've been in past years I don't know that we think that their offense is quite as magical um, and and ever capable as they've always been, are are we maybe being a little bit? I can't even say. I believe I'm going to say this. Are we being too dismissive of this still being Ohio State because they haven't been putting up 60 points per game to start the season? No, I think what we're saying, and and I think you saw this against Notre Dame. I think what we're seeing is it's a young team. It's an unproven team, so right. you don't know exactly where they're at. And so one piece of the puzzle was that Notre Dame game. When they came back at the end when they had to, that showed you a lot. Now, I don't know how good Notre Dame is. None of us really do. But 
Ohio State was good enough to come back and, and beat them there. And so the biggest thing in college football, and really pro football, but it's, it's, they really see it a lot more, and it's more obvious in college football, is each and every step you take, you gain confidence. Confidence makes huge difference. The difference in good teams and great teams is confidence. The skill can be the same. If guys start believing that they can do stuff, they can achieve quite a bit. But when guys are still young and still trying to figure things out, um, every step you take in that, on that confidence scale makes a big difference. I think that's a really important thing. I, I, I feel like, too, Matt, and I, you know, I'll leave you with this. I also feel like this is such an opportunity for Mike Law. It feels like this is the one thing that's missing on a national scale, right? Like everybody, oh, yeah. everybody, Absolutely. everybody that that's like like you and I that pays attention knows what an absurd job Mike Loxley has done in a very difficult situation at Maryland, and how perfect of a fit he is. And I couldn't say enough good things about Mike Loxley, but nationally. I think most people would say, what, he's the coach at Maryland? You know, okay, wake me up. Like, I feel like if they were to win this type of game on Saturday, suddenly the national, like the, the conversation changes completely about who Mike Loxley is and what Mike Loxley has done. And all of a sudden, everyone across the country realizes just how remarkable it is what he's accomplished here. Yeah, and I, I don't think Mike's in that boat by himself. You know, that's, that's a common thing, right? So... He's put together the group. The people around him know, the people who've studied it and looked at it. But, the, but you know, for the guy out in Southern California to say, Maryland, oh, yeah, they're, they're not bad. They haven't really played anybody. Uh, let's see what Loxley got there, up there. So when they, if they knock off at Ohio State, they go, whoa, he's done a really good job back there. It would be the same narrative in any school. It, yeah, I, mean, I shouldn't say any school. But, you know, like for a team like Maryland, um, who's, who's on the come, then that's, that's what you're, you're going to say. And I think Mike's done a great job. I think he's recruited well. I think he has this team where he wants. I think there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of obstacles at every school, but he's, he's overcoming them. So, yeah, is this a big game? Sure it is. is does this put them on the map? Yeah, but then they have more to go. And so – it's 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 just interesting. It's fun for me to watch, and it, it'll be entertaining. Uh, he is Matt Millen. Uh, Matt, what's uh, where are you going to be this weekend? It's... Where am I going to be this weekend, Patricia? <laughs> I'm going to be in Chicago. She... <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's doing my schedule right now. <laughs> it's important. You got to have someone keeping track of you. I understand how this time of the year works. I completely get it. Oh yeah. Uh, Matt Millen, really appreciate you taking the time for us this morning. Hopefully, the next time we're talking, we're talking about like a Maryland team that's sitting at eight and zero, and you know, there's really special things on the horizon as the season continues. And there could be. I mean, it's the possibility is strong. I, so let's keep your fingers crossed. Man, from your lips to God's ears, my friend, Matt Millen, really appreciate you. Thank you for taking the time for us this morning. All right, take care. That's the great Matt Millen, four-time Super Bowl champ, of course, with Big Ten Network, and the number, by the way. Um, uh, John from Little Rock uh, points out to me has shifted up to 19 and a half again. 19 and a half, according to Superbook for Maryland, Ohio State. So if you like Maryland being gifted another uh, point or what so they, there. What did they see? What happened? I guess the I think the injuries is probably what it 
is I, I'm going to assume that that list of guys that we're talking. Jay Sean Barnum was limited on Saturday. Yeah. He played, but he was limited on Saturday. And you assume that that's part of the fact that they knew that Ohio State was coming up and they didn't want to push him too much. Like he was available, but let's. This is Indiana. Maybe we don't need a full game worth of Jay Sean Barnum here. And then, yeah, pretty important. Tarheeb Still, Corey yeah. Deitches, those are really important pieces that both left Saturday's game. And again, the answers that we don't have is are would they both have been able to return if they would have needed them? If it hadn't been a butt kicking on Saturday. So you hope that you get a little bit more clarity about those guys, because I think those guys are really important going into like if Maryland's going to have a roadmap for beating Ohio State, it's going to have to involve having those dudes on the field. Today's show also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and by a Toyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Hey, um, you put up that uh, like tarp over your the back seat of your car, right? Um, yeah, you might because uh, we got some good visitors. Oh, right, in right. The studio. Um, okay, today. yeah, dude, like, this is a good time for you me. Might want to wanna, really might wanna run out and throw the tarp up over the back seat of your car if you get the chance. You might want to do that. Okay. Like if you, all right, all right, if you think about it, yeah. you might want to do that. Well, got some visitors stopping by the studio here in a minute. Still to come this morning, Cal Ripken Junior. Junior. He's joining. Junior is going on. I am losing my mind. <sighs> we'll do it anyway. It's Glenn Clark Radio. The Baltimore County Police Department is now hiring with competitive salaries, including for experienced police officers, starting salaries between over $68,000 and over $82,000 based on your prior service time, accepting up to seven years of service times with only six weeks in the academy, minimum of two years prior experience. And police cadets starting salaries at over $32,000 must be between the ages of 18 and 20, but you can apply starting at 17 and a half. Must have a high school diploma or GD equivalent at the time of the hire, U.S. citizen at the time of the hire, and a valid driver's license. So if you have a passion for service and want a career for life, now is the time to join the Baltimore County Police Department. Call 410-887-5542 or visit joinbaltimorecountypd.com. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. The Orioles train keeps on moving, and it's ahead of schedule. The birds are motoring towards a playoff run here in 2023 as their magic number keeps getting smaller and smaller. I'm Paul Valley, and you can find me along with Zach Goodman every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon right here on the Bataround. We'll navigate you through the playoff push as the Orioles look to put an exclamation point on what is turning out to be the best season of the last 40 years. So join us on the Orioles train, and let's enjoy the ride together right here on the Bataround. 
Visit Harford County this fall. Celebrate Arts Across Harford September 15th through the 30th with dance, theater, music, and visual arts. September 29th through October 1st is the largest Italian festival in Maryland, featuring entertainment, cooking demonstrations, a bocce tournament, and family fun. If you're headed to the Maryland Five Star, stay and play in Harford County. While you're there, enjoy the scenic views atop the king and queen seats and experience pumpkin patches, corn mazes, and fall brews along their Harford Libation Trail. For more info, head to visit Harford.com. Maryland Open. Picking a restaurant to try for the first time? Let's look at the Costas Inn. Here's a few checklist items. Quality of the food. Check. Quality of service. Check. Does restaurant have plenty of free parking? Check. And finally, does restaurant have delicious steamed crabs, crab cakes, crab soup, and specials galore? Check, check, check. Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard. They check all the boxes. The latest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka dives into what's next for Lamar Jackson after receiving one of the biggest contracts in football history. Is Lamar ready to take the Ravens to the next level, now with a new offensive coordinator and new wide receivers? Also inside, we look at what new football coaches Brian Newberry and Pete Shinnick bring to Navy and Towson, respectively. And we meet players from the college football and soccer programs around the state. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the O's, Ravens, and Serps at PressBoxOnline.com. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Come for a game, stay for everything else. Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouthwatering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at baltimore.org hotels. Don't forget about Project Game Day after every Ravens game this season. It's kind of like this show, except Rita's also there, so I actually think it's it's pretty good. But hey, you're already here now, so why don't you go ahead and keep listening to GCR? All right, it's been a few months since I've seen you. You better have some damn stories for me this time. <laughs> you better have a couple of stories. Uh, joining us now here in studio this morning on GCR, one of my favorite people. He is Corporal Robbie Wright, and he is back with us. It's been too long, brother. Yes, it I know has, you and bro. I have seen each other, but it's been too long since you've been in here. No, man. you're right. It, it has been a while. It's great to see you, buddy. Everything good? Hey, everything's good. Just busy as always. Yeah, I understand that. It's funny. I would. I saw Robbie. Robbie and I went out to breakfast one morning, and he was just like, "Yeah, ask me about my weekends." <laughs> <laughs> Ask me about what life looks like yes. these days. But hey, the recruitment hey, recruitment never stops, right? Uh, there is no never doubt. Stops. No doubt. And we need more of you. We yes. need more of you who are committed. Uh, do they still talk about my performance Actually, in the uh, agility test? Well, do they still say, like, what a legend that guy was, showed up, disheveled, out of his mind, didn't train at all, and just blew everybody out of the water? Well, not just that, but the Academy staff's been asking, where have you been? Yeah, where am I supposed <laughs> to show up? It's almost been a year. Report. They've been asking, like, they... Like, we've had four oh, classes. Man. Oh, <laughs> man. I was actually worried that after I did that, like, you had done some like some work behind my back, and you're like, by the way, you, you're you an officer now. You have to be here. Like, that's the way that it works. Well, funny thing, you are. Oh, <laughs> damn it. 
I assume I've been fined by this point right? <laughs> for my tardiness. Um, uh, Corporal, we talk about the Baltimore County Police Department a lot. And I feel like one of the things that, and I know you have this event coming up that we're going to talk about here at the end of the month. But one of the things that I mention about this hiring event is that there are going to be members of the specialized units that are going to be there. And I think what's important about that is that a lot of people say a career as a police officer, I'm not really sure that I just want to be on patrol for the rest of my life. I'm not really sure that that's my thing. And I, I, I make a comparison to the military, mm-hmm. and I know it's not the same thing, but I think a lot of people like talk, think about the military, and I'm like, I'm not going to go fight in Afghanistan. Like, I'm not gonna, I don't right. think that's for me. I don't think I could be that person not realizing that like there are roles that aren't that, that we, they need to have filled and that they don't hire civilians for. That's not the Correct. way that it works. So can you explain a little bit more for people that only think of, you know, foot patrol, only think of, you know, being out in a, a car at night? Like what what all opportunities exist within the Baltimore County Police Department that are maybe not just patrol? So one of the benefits of being one of the top 25 largest agencies in the United States, and that includes on that list LAPD, Chicago PD, NYPD. That. That's wild. And people don't realize that we're authorized for 1,900 sworn police officers. Wow. So because of the size of our agency, we call ourselves, and we like to say, we're a full-service agency. So not only do we have the regular patrol units you might see, the officers in the car driving around day-to-day handling calls for service, or even some people who might be assigned to a specific beat. So you might see officers hanging around a Towson Circle area. Some officers might be assigned, assigned specifically to Security Square Mall. But we have plenty of detective units, plenty of community-oriented units um, that have plenty of positions and roles for people from various backgrounds. One I like to bring up is Technology and Communication Services, TCS. Mm. That unit has civilian um, employees, but it's also primarily made up of sworn police officers. Mm. They carry a badge and a gun. They went through the academy. They served their time in patrol. But they're officers who just have a interest and a passion in technology. So that unit assists us with Many of the computers within our cars, they help us with our radios, the BWC body worn camera program. And that's sworn officers who are either A, they have a background in technology beforehand, or B, they say, hey, I want to learn this and I want to do this. They get trained up and hey, they go out and do it. They do a fantastic job. Same thing with our forensic section and specifically the crime lab unit. Okay, We do have civilians there, but once again, many of them are sworn police officers. Once again, carry badge and a gun, went through the academy. But, hey, I have an interest in this. I want to do this. I want to learn to do this. They get trained up in it, and you are being served a lot of time with the crime scene um, evidence collection. You're being served by a fully sworn Baltimore County police officer. So what I tell people all the time is we're not just looking for what used to be the stereotypical cop, the person who just walks the beat, drives the car, handles the calls for service. We're looking for people for a wide variety of backgrounds, people from a wide variety of skills, whether you're good at technology, whether you're good at science, whether you're like me, you like coming you know, to places, talking yeah, to people, absolutely. interacting Re- recruiting, with people. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Or whether you just have a heart for the community. You want to be that cop that plays basketball with the kids yep. at their schools. You know, you reach out to those who are from lower income situations, lower social economic situations. If you have a passion or a skill and an ability, our agency can use it. Very, very rarely can you not find a place in our agency. You know, one of the things that I've always appreciated about our conversations, right, Corporal, is that mm-hmm. We can talk openly about the trust 
concept, right? The topic. Yes. And and what's important about that to me is that like I don't want to try to bamboozle anyone or make anyone think like that that's not been an, an issue, not been something that you guys have had to deal with Correct. over the years. And these community events, and the one that we've been talking about most recently is coming up here at the end of the month mm-hmm. on October 28th at the Public Safety Building. And I, I feel like the biggest thing, it's definitely for people that want to get into the Correct. High, like Correct. If you're looking for a career in the Baltimore County Police Department, or if you're even remotely interested, it's a great day for you. It's a day where you should be out to learn more and go through the agility test and go through the, if you fit that bill, this is a day for you. Correct. But the other side of it, to me, has always been the more important side, mm-hmm. which is that these are days for the community. Yes. And these are days for you to come over, bring your kids for the trunk or treat, and just have a conversation. Let's talk. Let's talk about your you know, interactions with the police over the years. Let's talk about the relationship between the police and the community. Let's have an open conversation between us and you about how we're trying to make this relationship work moving forward to have trust in each other and what it is that we're doing correct and hey look if i get a little passionate on my and i apologize but the one thing i stress to a lot of people about the community hiring events and you've you've laid it out perfectly this is not just for those who are interested in the process those who are in the process i tell people all the time get to know your local police agency this is something that look if you're a Baltimore county resident you pay for this you pay for us That's like, a great point we, we right. all know that like you pay for us so get to know us, get to understand what we do, get to understand our different units, not just patrol, but our specialized units that we hope to have on the day, such as our forensic section, our arson section. Get to know the people who work in those sections, what they look like, what they do. Get to see what they do on the day to day. We'll have units if they're there able to do demonstrations for you, whether it's if bombs there, they'll be able to demonstrate the robot for you. So get to know what your money's going to, but get to know the people you're calling on for help. I cannot stress that enough. It's so funny how I talk to applicants a lot of times and they say, well, I have no idea anything at all about the Baltimore County Police Department, but you guys look good. And I'm like, well, <laughs> that's all fine and dandy. I appreciate it. I, you know, but, I get that all the time right. for people that want to join Glenn Clark Radio. They're like, dude, I don't know what you do, but you look great. Right, exactly. Thank you. Thank I get it all the time. <laughs> yes. But come on and learn about us. So on Saturday, October 28th, we're going to do our second annual community hiring event slash trunk or treat yep. event. So the community hiring event portion is going to run from 9 to 2 o'clock. For that portion with our, like our prior events, we're going to have written testing, agility testing for those currently in the process or for those who just want to walk up and get the process started. We'll also have myself, recruiters from my section, background investigators, and as mentioned before, the specialized units who will be there to talk to people about what they do and what their units are. The awesome part about the 28th, though, and the best part about it is the trunk or treat. Mm -hmm. Last year, and you attended it last year, last year we ended up with, we kind of did a hand count here, but close to 400 people walking through. I mean, it was to the point we were terrified of running out of candy. Wow. (laughs) But. It was such a great event to interact in with the community, with all the families and the kids, all the costumes, the chance for them to come up to a police officer and get candy. I mean, it was such an amazing event, and I would say the best hiring event we've ever done. It was such an amazing time to interact with the community in a safe setting. That, a, you just used a word there that's so important to me, too, Corporal. What you just said is the word safe, and I feel like around Halloween— this is a word that like a lot of parents mm-hmm. struggle with, and they say, look, I, 
my kid is only nine years old. My kid is only ten years old. Correct. They want to go out with their friends, mm-hmm. and I, I don't want to embarrass them by saying, "Well, you've got to let mom and dad tag along" or something like that. This is the perfect opportunity to have them go out, get to put their costumes on, Correct. have fun, mm-hmm. and know it's in. About the safest environment you exactly. could ever possibly ask for. Exactly. I mean, I cannot stress that enough. And I and I go to schools, I go to parents, and we've been making a big push for this for the last month. I tell people, look, if you're looking for a safe alternative to spend your Halloween, what better than the headquarters of the Baltimore County Police Department? I, mean, I don't like, know. Really, like, really? What better? I'm trying to think of any scenario by which it would be safer. Like, I don't right. think we could. I don't think we could put everyone in bubble wrap and still have it be safer. Exactly. <laughs> and and the other thing, I'll make another appeal is, and we make we go to um certain schools like the Arrow Project, mm-hmm. um located down here. Um, I think they're still here in Towson, and they may have moved. Um, I don't know but, the answer, but I'm gonna find that out. In one yeah, second. but last year we went there and we go to different schools and we say, hey, look, if you have a community group, if you have a school, if you have a program where you have kids who may not be able to have a Halloween, which sounds crazy, right? But if they're in a situation that they may not have anything to do for Halloween just because of a lack of opportunity, lack of transportation, whatever that looks like, hey, bring them to our event. We This thing is open. This is Halloween for us. We're handing out candy. And it's an opportunity. You got them in a safe area. Yep. And it's a great chance for kids to experience Halloween. I will say we did have students from places like the Arrow Project, St. Vincent's Villa. Mm. We had people at the children's home. We had people come from those schools and kids had the opportunity to experience Halloween where they may have not had the opportunity. He is Corporal Robbie Wright at the Baltimore County Police Department. Again, the hiring event is coming up Saturday, October 28th at the Public Safety Building, 700 East Joppa Road in Towson. Corporal, if they want to find out more about the event, yes, is there somewhere we can point them to? I, I know there's a lot of yes. phone numbers for <laughs> oh, sure. Oh, yes. Yeah, right? <laughs> there's a lot. The primary one will be www.joinbaltimorecountypd.com. There is no pre-registration. However, if you go on the website, you go to our event calendar, you'll find all the details in regards to if you're interested in the process. You'll find out the details about the written and the agility. If you're like, hey, I just care about taking my kids out and getting mm-hmm. some candy. I'm an adult and I just want candy. Hey, you'll find come details on out, about right? that too. Can you use volunteers for that? or do you, is you get Everything is taken care of. So like, the one thing I will say is that we've been going out to different vendors. Okay. Anyone who wants to bring out a vehicle, community member, community group, if you want to bring out a vehicle, cool. hand out candy with cool. us, we've already gotten some um, feelers from the community saying, hey, like I'm from this group. Can we do it? We're like, sure. Cool. The more the merrier. Very and cool. For that, they can just reach me on my work email. Um, I can provide that sure, real quick. Ahead. It's P as in Paul, my last name, W-R-I-G-H-T at BaltimoreCountyMD.gov. Once again, P as in Paul, then my last name, right, W-R-I-G-S-T, at BarmerCountyMD.gov. That is awesome. That's a cool opportunity, and I love the fact that you're doing that, and that word safe just keeps coming to mind. And a reminder, if I can pass the agility test. Correct. <laughs> look at me. Look at, look at me, Baltimore. Look at me. I passed it easily. <laughs> Easily correct. I'm not correct, speaking. Correct. Out of no, time. you you passed. Yeah. Was there anything? Was there any moment during that morning where you were like, I don't know. Actually, I, no, no. I I can't even sit here. And go I played with it you. up. No. I played it up right. well for the video. I made it seem like there was, a, but easily. I was a little bit worried because I thought I had heard that it was one mile and thirteen. I was like, <laughs> I could walk at that, and then I got there like it's actually a mile and a half. I was like, oh, 
Oh, I actually have to move. I actually have to put a little effort into <laughs> and it. And to this day, I apologize for that. That's fine because I still was there a problem? Did I have any? No, you didn't. I, and and I I did appreciate the encouragement every time around. I was here. All right, Glenn, you got this. I'm like, I do have this. Yes, <laughs> I do. No problem. Um, if I can pass it, you can pass it. That is a solemn promise that I make to you. Exactly. If I can pass it. You can pass it. All right. Two things I want to cover with you just because you're here. The sure. First is. I realize that um, you know the stadium. It's not your jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. You have nothing to do with that. I don't know. Maybe some of your officers are going to be helping out in some way. I know a lot of times jurisdictions lean on each other during big event times. But I also feel like there's going to be pandemonium in our community for the next few weeks related yes, to the playoffs. Very much so. <laughs> and I think there might be a lot of people that are thinking, I'm going to hop on, say, like the light rail from up in Hunt Valley, and I'm going to get sloshed, and I'm going to go. I just wonder if you could give some advice to people that are thinking this is full-on party season now, mm-hmm. and there are no rules anymore, and there are no – it's playoff time, baby. Like, the hell with rules, the hell with lo- – like, that. just feel like they, if you just might have a little bit of advice for people about how they can handle themselves and understand that, like, there might still be some rules and laws in certain situations and don't get yourself in trouble. So the biggest thing I would say is, and one, I do appreciate anyone who makes the decision, look, if you're going to go out and have a good time, I appreciate anybody who says, look, I'm going to take the light rail down. I'm going to take either an Uber, public transportation. I'm not going to get behind the wheel of a vehicle, put myself or anybody else in danger. I appreciate anybody who makes that decision. One thing I would say is just have common courtesy for, because it's not just you. You're going to have at the stadium what, 40,000, 45,000 people, and then you're talking about a massive community just hanging out outside the stadium. I think there are going to be a lot of people that are going to choose to just, I I just want to be downtown. They just want to be down there. So just have common courtesy. Just be respectful of the people besides you. Look, it's not just you enjoying it. It's you and probably, I would say, I wouldn't, you know, think this would maybe be extreme number, maybe close to hundred thousand people. It depends on how. <laughs> yeah, if depending. They keep going further Correct. in the playoffs, I don't think you're great. Like if 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 we get to the point where we're talking about there being a World Series game in Baltimore, yes, exactly. I think there's a non-zero chance that a hundred thousand people descend upon the exactly. downtown area. So yeah. just you'll just be aware of the people around you. The other thing is this, and I say this about any area. It doesn't have to be Baltimore. It can be Towson, Owings Mills. It can be D.C. It can be Frederick. Mm-hmm. Hey, just. Keep your head on a swivel. Just be aware of your surroundings. Be aware of who you are. Make good decisions. Maybe plan out your route before the game. Just say, hey, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. Just make sure that, especially if you have little ones, you're always keeping an eye on them. Just, you know, holding on tight to them or just, you you know, you know where they are. Because, once again, we're talking 50,000 people around the stadium. You're talking about a World Series of close to 100,000. You just want to be, have a game plan. Be very mindful of the people around you. Be mindful of the people with you. And, you know, just understand that it's not just you down at the game. There's a lot of people there. Hey, keep your head on the swivel. Be mindful. Be respectful. And, you know, I would hope everybody has a good time. Everybody has a great time. The Orioles sweep whoever they play oh, this weekend. God, they the sweep the ALCS yeah, and right? they sweep the World Series, you know? And win yes. every game by 10 runs. And we exactly. all just get to high five for yes. a month and have nothing but unbridled joy yes, around here. Exactly. I'm, I'm going to ask this question as I'm not <clears> – <throat> What is the statute of limitations, by the way? Like, how how long would something have had to have happened? I I'm gonna present to you. I'm just gonna tell you a story. Okay. Yes. All right. And and you can you can shake your head at me, do whatever. You, okay. One year, <laughs> when I was a very young man, it's a group of friends and I. The day of the first game, we the first day of the NCAA tournament was like our Christmas. Okay. It was this is what we lived for was hanging out, watching basketball together, taking the day off. You know, like this was it was our day. And one year, my buddy Chris said to me, we should do something in the – we should 
have like a, a party to kick it off in the morning. Mm-hmm. And we drove up to, just because it was the one that was closest, the minor league baseball stadium in Aberdeen in Hartford County. Okay. And we just showed up and threw a tailgate party. Okay. <laughs> right? Like... I, I know it sounds nuts. Yes. But it was wonderful. Like, okay. we talk about this day still for 20 ish years. We've talked about, we got to do that again somehow. We have these conversations. <laughs> if somebody said to themselves, I'm planning on going downtown, I'm planning on taking the light rail, and I'm uh-huh. planning on getting Hunt Valley, are, are they allowed to, like, show up and hang out? And, and Ooh. I don't know what the rules are. That's here. a good question. Um, So, it really depends on the location. Okay. I know that you, depending on where you're going. So, um, I would say it really depends on the location. Okay. All right. I, would I, I know always, I'm putting that. Yeah. No, no, you're that. good. I would always ask. I would always check and ask for permission first. Okay. Just in case. Don't, don't get uh, yourself right. in trouble that you don't need to get yourself and, into. And to answer, right. And oh, to you answer your what? question. I might have actually, oh God, I might have actually tailgated once at the Hunt Valley Town. This is, oh man. One of our buddies was like part of the group that opened the Wegmans. Like he was like working for the company. Uh-huh. And he was like, people like camp out the night before in order to like be the first person to shop at a new way. I'm like, really? So we all decided that we were going to throw an overnight tailgate party. Yes. At the Wegmans when they opened it all. I mean, what, 20 years ago, something like <laughs> right. that? And and yet, we weren't the first in because we maybe had a little bit too much party. <laughs> <laughs> we maybe had a little bit too much. So I, and, so I would say, rest assured, your police statue limitation might be over. Okay, I'm, I'm good. Assuming right, that's thank over. God. Thank God. Now, if Wegmans or, let's say, the Ironbirds were to right. say. Yeah, we down, still like, want to have a conversation all these years later. We might be in a little bit of a different. Yeah, that might have been yeah. a thing that occurred. That but was a. You may not. I, I don't actually think go to jail. I, I think. No, you yeah, know what? I, I actually remember at one point uh, an officer coming over and approaching. Approaching. Approaching? What is that? Yeah. Approaching us that night. Uh-huh. I speak for a living. This is what I do. This is how I feed my kids. Right. And I can't make words happen. <laughs> I remember an officer approaching us that night and just being very like, what are you guys doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, well, we're tailgating for the opening of the Wegmans. And he was like, really? <laughs> yeah. And like, we weren't going to lie. Like, right. What are going to do? Like, no, we don't have any beers. No, we don't. Right. <laughs> like, we're definitely, and we were all of age. Like, we were all 21. And so they were very like, okay, don't, no carrying on. No, if we get noise complaints, right. then we're going to, we're not, we're not going to do, we're not going to try to break up you guys, you know, having a good time, but like, you got to be careful. Don't make any bad decisions. Mm-hmm. Like they were very cool about yeah. it as I remember that. And what you probably told them was so stunning to them. They were probably yeah, right. like, huh. like what, <laughs> what do we do about this? Right. This isn't in the handbook of how we handle this <laughs> right. situation is what if somebody's throwing a tailgate party at a Wegman? I will say in our six month academy, we do not go over tailgating, tailgating at a supermarket. <laughs> I don't have, I've done a lot of things in my life, <laughs> corporal, but, uh, yeah, that actually was a genuinely a thing that happened. All right, I told you at the beginning, you better have a story. We've been it's been months since you have been here oh my in goodness. studio with us. Yes, that's true. You better have there better have been someone who attempted to eat like an entire bag of edibles. There better <laughs> have been you better have some sort of story that you can tell. Oh me. my goodness. And and one of these days when I when I'm coming here, I gotta sit there and be like, I gotta come up with a story. Well, I gotta or, have a story. Or what I really need from you is I yes. need you when something happens. Like, when you get back to the office and somebody's uh-huh. like, oh, dude, wait till you hear about this one, <laughs> I need you to text it to me. Right. So that we can remember to bring it up yes. the next time you're here. Yes. I need you to be like, oh, yeah, Glenn needs to hear about this. And, and the crazy thing is, I think of radio-appropriate stories, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a really good one. But then a day will go by, and I'm like, oh, oh damn it. 
and then you'll put me on a spot. And no, I don't mind it at all. But it's like, ah, I don't have anything. All right. I honestly right. don't have anything. Right, next time I need, I need, because I think it's not going to be quite as long before I see you again. I, I need you to have a story for me. Gotcha. I need you to ask around the office. <laughs> I need somebody to have a story that we can tell on the air. We can redact the names. We can redact anything that would make it identifying in any way. Right. Right? We can just allude to the circumstances mm-hmm. of the story and not get anybody in trouble. Okay. All right? All right. <laughs> yes. O- October 28th, Public Safety Building in Towson. Yep. Hiring event and community trunk or treat. It's Correct. for everyone. Robbie wants you to join the Baltimore County Police Department. Yes, That's yes, I do. He yes. wants that. But even if you're not looking to do that, it is a day to come out and have some touch with the police Correct. and the community, get candy for the kids, just have a wonderful day, a very safe event. That's the part that matters. Exactly. And remind everybody of the website and the phone numbers one more time. www.joinbaltimorecountypd.com. That is the recruitment website with testimonies, information about our process, salaries, and benefits. If you want to get in contact directly with us, you can give us a call at the office, 410-887-5542. Once again, 410-887-5542. And, hey, if you're more of the email type, email us at recruiter at baltimorecountymd.gov once again that's the word recruiter at baltimorecountymd.gov robbie it's always good to see you brother no thank, thank you, you for, for coming and hanging out with us this morning always a good time corporal robbie wright the baltimore county police department hanging out with us here on gcr when we come back in uh, almost as big of a deal as robbie wright <laughs> cal ripkin jr they're so close <laughs> right they're very close cal joins us next it's glenn clark radio Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GLENNCLARK23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Tyus Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 The Fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. A partnership of Press Box and Great Ace Memorabilia. The next Tyus Bowser show is Tuesday, October 3rd at Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports. And don't forget, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, visit HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. Picking a restaurant to try for the first time? Let's look at the Costas Inn. Here's a few checklist items. Quality of the food. Check. Quality of service. Check. Does restaurant have plenty of free parking? Check. And finally, does restaurant have delicious steamed crabs, crab cakes, crab soup, and specials galore? Check, check, check. Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard. They check all the boxes. 
Visit Harford County this fall. Celebrate Arts Across Harford September 15th through the 30th with dance, theater, music, and visual arts. September 29th through October 1st is the largest Italian festival in Maryland, featuring entertainment, cooking demonstrations, a bocce tournament, and family fun. If you're headed to the Maryland Five Star, stay and play in Harford County. While you're there, enjoy the scenic views atop the King and Queen seats and experience pumpkin patches, corn mazes, and fall brews along their Harford Life Trail. For more info, head to visit Harford.com. Maryland open. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? AJ Michaels, heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, AJMichaels.com. The Baltimore County Police Department is now hiring with competitive salaries, including for experienced police officers starting salaries between over $68,000 and over $82,000 based on your prior service time, accepting up to seven years of service times with only six weeks in the academy, minimum of two years prior experience. And police cadet starting salaries at over $32,000 must be between the ages of 18 and 20, but you can apply starting at 17 and a half. Must have a high school diploma or GD equivalent at the time of the hire, U.S. citizen at the time of the hire, and a valid driver's license. So if you have a passion for service and want a career for life, now is the time to join the Baltimore County Police Department. Call 410-887-5542 or visit joinbaltimorecountypd.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Sure, Glenn may be in his 40s now, but he looks just as good as he ever has, and he's still as sharp as he ever was. And I say both those things without even a shred of irony. Find out for yourself right now by watching the show at facebook.com slash pressboxsports or youtube.com slash pressboxonline. All right, back in here on GC as we continue along on a Tuesday edition of the program. Thanks again to Corporal Robbie, Robbie Wright for stopping by from the Baltimore County Police Department. Griffin, you want to let everybody know what's going on at Live Casino and Hotel these days? Yeah, they got a second chance drawing coming up. Maybe luck wasn't on your side in a recent bet at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. Well, get ready to turn those losses into winning opportunities with the second chance to win promotion. Between now and January 4th, 2024, all Live Casino and Hotel Maryland Rewards members will be able to enter their losing bet slips into the second chance to win drum. And two nights a week, 20 different winners will be chosen. Prizes range from live casino in Hotel Maryland, Maryland apparel, sports and social ultimate happy hour prizes, cash, and free play worth up to $500. So drawings will be held every Thursday and Monday at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. Adirondo Mills must be 21. Please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. Very good. Not a lot that we learned from John Harbaugh's press conference uh, yesterday. Again, on if you want encouragement, it's on the injury front after there were another new slew of names that popped up uh, on Sunday as far as injury concerns. Nothing that came out of yesterday that made it seem like that any of those are particularly long-term concerns. Uh, Deron Harmon was signed off the Ravens practice squad this morning. Jeff Zrebeck mentioned on Twitter that he thought might that Deron Harmon might end up being in the Ravens' 53-man plans because of Daryl Worley being banged up. But there's kind of an issue that the Ravens have going on right now. We talked to Melvin Gordon on the show yesterday and afterwards, Griffin and I were having this conversation, like, I, I didn't even realize, and so it's my apologies, I didn't realize it, that Sunday was 
the third time that they had used Melvin Gordon in all three games as a practice squad elevation. So they would have to put him on the 53-man roster this week. And it seems like the assumption is that they will put Melvin Gordon on the 53-man roster this week. I remember we felt a way at the end of training camp. We were like, well, there's no way that Melvin Gordon could be on the roster over Keaton Mitchell. And they, of course, put Keaton Mitchell on the initial 53-man roster and didn't put Melvin Gordon on the initial 53-man roster. Only for Keaton Mitchell to then go to IR and Melvin Gordon to end up being put on the roster via the practice squad. So they're in a bind with roster decisions that are going to need to be made, particularly if Tyus Bowser, Marlon Humphrey are ready to return. If they are, then they're in a real crunch roster-wise. If they're not, then that kind of gets delayed a little bit. But, like, I, not knowing exactly where some of these guys are, the Ravens have to they have to maneuver a bunch of different things. They, they might end up having to put someone on IR that they didn't want to put on IR. And that they were hoping they could get back somewhat quickly. I, and I'm not just throwing out names, like Rashad Bateman. I don't think they want to do that, but this is the bind that they're in. They've got a a roster problem because of all of the injuries. Um, John Harbaugh said it's possible that both Keaton Mitchell and Tyus Bowser could return to practice this week. So, again, that's positive news. Tyus Bowser will talk to us about it tonight. We'll be at Guilford Hall Brewery with Tyus and uh, special guest Justice Hill this evening, and we'll ask him, and he'll say, yeah, I, I might, or something like that. Like, that's just the way that it probably will go. But there will inevitably be roster decisions that will have to be made by the Ravens this week because of all of the various issues that they are facing. And we will see what those decisions end up being. But they, they're going to be in a bind. The only good news is that it doesn't seem like any of the stuff from Sunday looks like it's going to be long-term or season-ending or anything along those lines. That's what we learned from John Harbaugh's press conference yesterday. All right. Um, I never take it for granted whenever I have an opportunity to catch up with our next guest. Uh, he is obviously an icon in our city and in throughout the sport of baseball. And on top of that, he has been a friend and uh, as a kid who grew up here. And, and hearing him talk about Brooks yesterday, I'm thinking that's the way that I thought about you, and yet he has always been good to us. He, of course, is the Hall of Famer. And uh, the icon himself, one Cal Ripken Jr., is with us this morning here on GCR. Cal, it's Glenn. Always appreciate you taking the time for us, sir. Thanks for spending a couple of minutes this morning. Hey, Glenn, it's my pleasure. It's uh, We're talking about Oriole baseball right now, so it's a really it is. fun subject. It yeah. is. It is. Uh, we have we have waited for times like these. There's no doubt about it. Uh, Cal, before we talk about the team, as I referenced, I think so many people were moved by your words, and, and I know it's not easy for someone of your stature to share their emotions so openly and to be vulnerable in a situation like that, but you moved so many people talking about Brooks yesterday. Um, I, I know what a relationship you guys had over the years, and look with Brooks, it's not unique, right? <laughs> like he had great. He didn't care if you were Cal Ripken or if you were, you know, Joe Schmo from Dundalk. He was willing to be like that. But um, can you possibly explain what it meant to you to be up on that stage talking about your friend that way? 
Yeah, I mean, at first, uh, um, you know, you sit down and go, you know, there's so much you can pull from, you know, to uh, to talk, and you can't you can't do that. And I, my goal was to uh, try to have something simple that uh, that had meaning. Um, and and really, he was my. I started out by saying he was my, and he, but he was he was my boyhood idol. And uh, and I think I was attracted towards him at first because of uh, you know the the exciting way that he played the game and the Orioles were good and they were winning all the time and and uh, it, it was fun but uh, I think my parents and as I said in my remarks is my parents pointed him out to me for all the other reasons you know about how he represented the city how he handled himself how he treated people you know and 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 that's what I really wanted to uh, to, to explain but I, I think. Everybody already knew that, <laughs> you know, uh, just, just as you said, is that uh, I, I never, and I sat next to his son Brooks yesterday uh, and I whispered over at one point, I go, I go, I never knew anybody that ever said a bad word about Brooksy. I said, somebody had to, had to make him mad or he had to make somebody mad or something. And, uh, and Brooks just said, no, you know, uh, I, uh, I don't know of anybody. And he said, probably one of the great traits that I, that was uh, interesting to me was he said that um, he forgives uh, everybody very quickly. And uh, I was thinking that I never heard that before, but it's a, uh, it, it's a wonderful trait. And, uh, and anyway, I just wanted to talk about what a great uh, person he was and how it impacted on all of us kids growing up that we had somebody like that to, to model ourselves after. Cal, I had a conversation with Bobby Gritch last week that really moved me because Bobby, who we know had an unbelievable career, right? Like there's an argument for him as a Hall of Famer. Bobby said, mm -hmm. I, I learned, I, I am not this player if not for Brooks Robinson, right? Like I am not. I would never have become this guy if I hadn't learned the things that I learned from Brooks. As you referenced, of course, you never played with Brooks. But I wonder right. how much you learned about being this type of public figure, your reputation of always signing autographs and going above and beyond, I wonder how much of what you learned about being, and I, and I don't know that you, I'm sure you're going to say I'm not comfortable calling myself an icon, but you are, right? Like you are a larger than life figure in our city, and yet you've been available constantly. I wonder how much of that you learned and patterned after the example that you had in Brooks Robinson. So, I mean, I did, I did reference that I, uh, I would have loved to have been Brooks' teammate. And for the same reasons uh, that Bobby Gritch talked about it, and I hear Eddie talk about the impact just in that one year that Brooksy had on him. And so when you're with somebody each and every day and you're, and you're playing with them, um, you, can, you can learn directly. But I think a lot of my learning through baseball was uh, indirectly, you know, and maybe uh, learning how to handle myself uh, – um, you know, the model that I had was right in front of me as Brooksy, but I had my parents talking about that. I heard, had other people referencing Brooksy. And I also said and that I was able to play, I was extremely proud of playing in Baltimore for all these years, uh, my whole career. And um, especially that one is that, um, you know, even though you go through, it would have been easy going through rebuilding years, um, having them fire my dad, you know, and, uh, taking a different view of that. But um, I always thought it was the, the right thing. Brooksy, Brooksy came in um, from uh, another state, from Little Rock. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and uh, the city grabbed a hold of him. He grabbed a hold of the city. And it was like, that was his place. I grew up here. 
And so uh, watching Brooksy, you know, uh, interact with everyone through, through thick and thin and uh, being stable and everybody could, could root for him, and, especially me, um, that, was, uh, that was something I learned, uh, I would say, directly from Brooksy, just watching, you know, how he handled himself. But uh, I picked up on a lot of things from that uh, good baseball people my dad said. Um, and I would, have, I would have loved to have that interaction as a teammate with Brooksy. Uh, man, I, it's, it's so special to hear you talk about him. It, it's just incredible. And, and what an impact and what a man um, that, that impacted all of us. But to, to know that it impacted you that way is particularly powerful. Cal Ripken Jr., mm-hmm. of course, is with us here on GCR. Um, Cal, you know, as everybody alluded to yesterday, this special opportunity, I, I was blown away by how many Orioles players were there yesterday. I think it speaks to what's going on with this group, that they recognized how important that was and that they are vibing with this community. Um, we celebrated, of course, the 40th anniversary of your guys' run to the 1983 World Series just uh, over a month ago, and what a neat weekend that was. But I wonder if there's anything you were so young, and, and I think a lot of people have brought up that maybe this team simply doesn't know any better, right? Like that they, they don't know they're not supposed to be the favorites to win the American League. They don't know that they're supposed Do you sense anything in this group that like kind of reminds you of how you felt back in 1983? <laughs> I was uh, just turned 23 in the middle of that year, um, and it was all new to me. First year, we went to the last day of the season, lost to Milwaukee, and really, uh, one of the most exciting series that I, I played in. And then the next year, to turn around with the same team, get off to a good start, and then win, and then win the whole thing. I thought that was going to happen every year. Um, but uh, um, I think you're onto something when uh, it's not that you you don't you don't know you're not supposed to. But you don't know what's beyond, um, you know, the uh, uh, it, what, what are the playoffs about? I mean, Aaron Hicks yesterday, I got a chance to talk to him, and I go, you're one of the few guys that have a little experience in postseason. And he goes, yeah, I have quite a bit. And uh, he says, we have a couple other guys. And, and I said, uh, um, well, it, my advice would be um, don't do anything different. <laughs> Just keep playing the game. Play, approach the game the same way that you have. It's, uh, it feels like everybody makes a bigger deal out of it, and there's a lot more hype. And if you allow yourself to think, wow, we're, we're uh, being watched by everybody in the world and all that kind of stuff, you might think it's different. But when you catch your first ground ball or catch your first fly ball or have your first at bat, you realize it's the same game. So the, the struggle sometimes is within yourself. Stay, stay right where you are. Keep focusing. They're, this team right here focuses on every pitch. Um, yeah, they have good at bats. They string at bats together. They execute really well in the field. They run the bases aggressively. Uh, there's a lot that uh, that they're doing on a daily basis. And my advice would be, don't do anything different. It's, it, it's not who's who wants to win the most at this level. It's who plays the best. And you got to continue to execute. And this team executes. They're calm in one-run games. You know. Uh, I, I would have liked to still see Batista being in the back uh, of the bullpen because uh. I think he helped. He helps solidify and make everybody else better. But the Orioles have found guys that have really good stuff that have performed in that role. And so that's, that's encouraging to me. But uh, don't, don't do anything different. It's, uh, it's the playoffs, and it's what you play for. It's exciting. There's gonna, your adrenaline is going to naturally be pushed up. But don't change the, the way you play and the way you compete. That's, that's going to give you a chance to win it all. Uh, you know, I feel like you're alluding to something there, Cal, that like we've all dealt with at some point this season, which is we know how good this baseball team is, but we don't know exactly why they're so good, right? It's not like they're loaded with 
300 hitters or guys that are bashing 30 home runs or it, it, I don't know how to define it. And can you define what it is that has made this team so good? Because I think what you just said about how they handle the moment is the best possible thing that I'm able to come up with. Yeah, I mean, th- there is an intangible um, uh, called chemistry. And uh, this team really likes each other. Uh, there's no clicks on the team and all that. At least it, does, it doesn't appear that way from my standpoint. They really like each other. Everyone contributes. Everyone is open-minded to different roles that uh, they, they have played, um, and, uh, and, and they grab a hold of it. So the focus is right where it should be. Um, and when you play for a winner, uh, and since I played for a winner and I played for uh, some really tough years, um, you uh, – what, what was I going to say? Oh, it's easier when you play for a winning team yeah. because uh, you come to the ballpark with the, with, the, with the attitude is, what can I do today to help us win? Sure. And that's the, that's the way you should play the game. Now, it gets complicated when you lose and you start to think about, you know, you got to get your hits or you got to drive in some runs or you got to do something else. Some other things start to creep in. But uh, this team comes to the ballpark. And if you do make that little contribution, if you do Ryan O'Hearn butting a guy over, had his first sacrifice bunt, at least it was recorded, that it was, and the look on his face, like, uh, you know, I did it, I contributed, and, and, and that pushes that that gets that gets runs scored. I can tell you, ground ball to second base when you're on a winning team with a guy on second base and no outs, and then uh, Eddie drives him in, uh, you know, behind you. You know that makes you feel like you drove the run in. So so that intangible, though the chemistry, the really liking each other, and then playing the game, I think the way it's supposed to be played. Um, I don't know why they're so calm. You know, I think that they've played a num- number of one-run games and you learn that when you win those one-run games and things turn out all right, there's a confidence that develops. And I think that's a really important stat, or the important, I guess, stat in the way that when you get to the playoffs, you're going you're to play tight games. You're going to have stressful moments and you want to be able to control yourselves in those moments. And I have no doubt that this team right here um, has, has learned uh, as the season has gone on that uh, not only can they play in those one-run games or can they come from behind, but they can hold on and they can win them. Uh, and so that, that's a really good uh, uh, trait for a team going into the playoffs. Cal, acknowledging that you're not on the team, right, that as much as you're there and as, much, as many times as we've seen you at the ballpark, you're not in the clubhouse every day. But what you allude to that chemistry, mm-hmm. how, how much credit do you feel like has to go to Brandon Hyde for that? Because I know it's difficult to measure – exactly what a manager does for a team. And when you guys won the World Series, right, it was with a first-year manager in Joe Altabelli, albeit one that you guys have been around for a little bit. But, like, how much credit do you feel like we have to give to Brandon Hyde? There's no way that you can have a team with this much chemistry without the manager playing, I feel like, at least a sizable role in that, right? Oh, oh, absolutely. So you you mentioned – we got Joe Altabelli, but the team was really shaped by Earl Weaver the year before. Mm-hmm. And, and the greatest thing that Joe did, and, and he was smart to do this, was uh, just, just allow it to happen. That, that, uh, just let, let the uh, train continue to go down the tracks. Um, and so if you look at uh, Earl might have shaped the team, but then Joe managed the team. He had, a, he had a, uh, an instrumental role in, in guiding the team to winning. When you look at um, um, Brandon, we uh, – you got to keep in mind that he shaped the, the shape, the talent of the team, the t- talent was coming in. Uh, you know, the Orioles have done a good job of identifying talent and, and Mike, is, Mike Elias has done a good job of providing the talent, but it's, uh, um, it, it's Hyde's role to shape that talent. 
you know, and uh, kind of bring them along. So his role probably has changed because he was in a developmental mold to, to get people, uh, you know, playing at the big league level. And then once you get them playing at the big league level, then it becomes all about the strategy to win. And I've been really impressed with uh, the way that he's handled the bullpen, the way he's handled the staff. Um, you know, a lot of times you want to you want to get the pitcher going. Um, sometimes you want to push him a little bit further for his own benefit, but sometimes you got to protect him. And it seems to me that uh, that that uh, that that is being done, you know, on a daily basis. And it's got to be the manager. All right, just another minute or two here with Cal Ripken Jr. on GCR. Cal, I, I'm trying to make sure I have this correct. I, do I remember hearing Gunnar Henderson talk about a conversation that he had with you um, the weekend that you were that you all were there together for the 83 celebration? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I've been wanting to meet him, but uh, but I don't want to uh, intervene either. <laughs> but uh, I was in the clubhouse for the uh, celebration. I had an opportunity to sit and talk to uh, Gunnar for a minute. Um, really enjoyed that conversation. Um, which which could lead to many deeper conversations about playing shortstop, which which uh, I'll look forward to in, in, in the future. But uh, my my uh, I left there thinking, uh, good smart kid, um, big strong fast. I mean, it's interesting. He had I think he had eleven triples this year, didn't he? Yeah, uh, I think that's right. Yes. He runs. Uh, you know, uh, he's not satisfied with a double. So his style of play is uh, he leaves home plate on a gapper thinking he's got three, yeah. <laughs> which, uh, which, which is, a, is a really good uh, indicator of how he plays the game. I really enjoyed talking to him. I wish I could have talked to him a little bit more. We were kind of limited, uh, you know, for the festivities, but, uh, and he had to get ready for the game. But I, I had a nice conversation with him. It was nine, but I say we go ahead and make it 11 because Cal Ripken said so. So that's the way that our math works here in Baltimore. But I, I bring it up, okay. Cal. Because I, I just wonder, we are getting carried away about what we think this might, young man might be. To your point about what we've already seen, it's overwhelming. Is, is there any danger in us believing that this might be a, a truly generational superstar that, that we're watching? Or do you see those same things and say, there's no reason this young man might be one of the best players in baseball for the next 10 to 15 years? Well, I mean, I, I see a, a great, talented player that uh, is in the early part of his development. You know, he's, he's going to get better. Um, and it, sometimes that's hard to believe. Um, so um, uh, he has a high ceiling. Uh, to, to, to what extent that means, you know, uh, there's always going to be adjustments and always things that you're going to uh, try to make and you, and you want to learn. But he seems to be that kind of player that, um, you know, can roll into uh, – a perennial all-star and then uh you know have a career that's uh that's big and long uh he is uh he is a special breed man he is a really special talent and it is a lot of fun to watch him play and uh cal we, we can't wrap i, I want to make sure i know a couple years ago you had a little bit of a health scare i just want to make sure you, you you encouraged me to go get a physical unknowingly and i made that decision i'm i'm 40 now i gotta take care of myself uh everything good in that department it's, yeah, everything's fine. I mean, uh, and I'm glad, you know, for us men sometimes just feel like that uh, you only go to the doctor when you need it. Yep. Um, but but you got to go, uh, you got to get your uh, yearly physical. As a baseball player, we always got it because you went to spring training and you always got all the best medical care. But when you stop playing or for people that aren't part of a team, you got to make those arrangements yourself. And it's really important that you go. And so, yeah, I, I caught my prostate cancer early. Uh, like the doctor caught it caught it early and uh and you have tons of options and my life hasn't changed a bit it's uh it's, it's great and uh and uh, and i'm doing very well but uh 
it does make you realize that, uh, you know, with all the great medicine out there, you, you need to take advantage of it. And if something's going to happen to you, you want to catch it early. I, I'm so glad. I, you know, it's something that I, I needed. Much like when I was a kid and I needed somebody to remind me to drink milk, um, it was Cal Ripken <laughs> who reminded me that I needed to go, go, to, go get a physical. And uh, I'm not ashamed to say that out loud. Uh, I assume we're, we're probably going to be seeing you at the ballpark a good bit. Uh, we've seen you so much this yeah, season. I, I um, I'm, I'm going to be out of the country, um, you know, for a little while. And so uh, I'll have to look closer at the schedule. But yeah, I'm, uh, uh, I'm planning on going to, to, to many playoff games. Well, we look forward to seeing you out there. It's been fun uh, getting to know and working with Ryan the last couple of years, too. That's been an awful lot of fun for me. And um, really appreciate, as always, you taking the time for us, Cal Ripken. And, and, and truly, what I said at the beginning, uh, I think your words yesterday were inspiring to a lot of people and, sh- and being willing to show your vulnerability. That's, that takes a lot for someone like you to be able to do that, and it was greatly appreciated by all of us here in this city. Always, yeah, I, was honored, I was honored to be there. Thank you. Always appreciate taking the time for us. Thank you so much for doing this, Cal. Okay, glad. See you, man. Cal Ripken Jr. with us here on GCR. I say it every time, and I say it about a lot of people. You know, I, I'm not trying to make, uh, you know, Ian Eagle and Kevin Harlan out to be Cal Ripken. <laughs> like, I understand they're not the same. But the people that have just been overwhelmingly kind and, and good to me over the years, Cal Ripken is extraordinarily high on that list. And you'll never know what that – like, when I walk away and I – I get jaded by things that we deal with in this business. Then I sit down and I'm like, my God, I have been able to like get to know Cal Ripken over the years. Holy F, how lucky am I, right? Like, so next time I'm complaining about something, I'm going through it. Remind me of that. All right, all right, I will. Just pass that back along to me. Say, hey, Glenn, remember... Cal Ripken just took 15 minutes out of his day to call you on Tuesday. Like, oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sorry. My bad, everybody. <laughs> My bad. Life's good. I, I really, like, seeing Cal get emotional like that. It, it, I, I did talk about this. Remember um, what Michael Jordan said at Kobe Bryant's funeral? I thought it was one of the most powerful things. I thought there was a genuine argument in 2020 that Michael Jordan should have been SI Sports Person of the Year. Because remember, we all spent the pandemic watching Michael Jordan, right? Like, it was the thing that got us through. And then combine that with his vulnerability, a man of that level being willing to be so vulnerable. It's so easy for someone like that. And Palmer, too, when he spoke last week, right, on the Masson broadcast. It would be so easy for them to say, I... I am going to repeat this time and time and time again to the point where the words don't have any meaning for me anymore because I don't want to have people see me break down in front of, you know, everyone. It would be easy for for someone of Cal Ripken's stature, Michael Jordan's stature, to do that. For them to instead be willing to say, look, I might break up. I might, you know, end up crying in front of everyone and doing it anyway, we as men need to be willing to see that and to understand it's okay. It's We need to be able to talk about these things and what people mean to us without being embarrassed or ashamed 
of what that means. I, I talk all the time now. I'm a softie anymore. Like, I'm the softest human being alive ever since I became a father. I was never a particularly hard ass, right? But becoming a father ruined me. I get emotional about all sorts of stuff. I got emotional last week talking about my dad and what Brooks Robinson means to my dad and, you know, the fact that the only piece of memorabilia that I have in my house is this autographed, you know, Brooks Robinson poster that my dad, when I was a child, wanted me to have. So I get emotional talking about it, and that's okay. It's okay. I don't want to be emotional about everything. I don't want to start crying talking about, you know, the Ravens beating the Browns. Well, that might be worth it. No. (laughs) No. If you think it is, it is. That's a football game. (laughs) But Cal Ripken being willing to, to put himself out there like that I think it's something that a lot of people in our community, and much in the same way that, like, you know, I say I took my cues. I straight shoot got a physical because Cal Ripken told us he had cancer. That's not a joke. That's not a – I had not been to a doctor in – for just a checkup in over a decade. Cal Ripken said, you guys need to go get a physical. Men, you need to go to the doctor. And I said, well, Cal Ripken says so. And that should be embarrassing, but that's that's the way that we revered Cal Ripken. When I was a kid, I drank milk because Cal Ripken told us to drink milk. It's what it is, man. Don't judge me. And I appreciate that he showed that example and said, when you're talking about someone you love, it's okay to be emotional about it. It's okay. A lot of us struggle with grief, man. I... I I had never known the the pain of grief until my childhood best friend passed away when, you know, I was in my mid-30s. It's not supposed to happen. And I have struggled mightily with grief since then. And I appreciate that we don't, let's not shame people. Let's talk about it. Let's be open and honest about our emotions. Again, doesn't need to be over the top. Doesn't need to be... Crying, weep, crying in the club because your football team lost a game. Like that, that's a different level to it. But reasonable levels of emotions, there's no reason why Cal Ripken shouldn't be able to show that. And I'm not trying to obsess over it. I, I'd probably gone too far. But I appreciated it. I really did. I thought it was one of the most moving. I thought Brooks's grandkids yesterday were, mm, yeah. God, God. I, I, I started getting emotional all over again with Brooks's grandkids and talking about Papa. Man, that was that was something. Like that really was something. Um it was and as I said yesterday, I thought it hit all the right notes. I thought yesterday's event hit all the right notes. And um, you know, I appreciate the cows not telling us to I, I think that he was 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 guarded in the way he described Gunnar Henderson. Like I'm not going to tell you that he's going to be a 10-time MVP and a first ballot Hall of Famer. But, you know, at this point where he is in this process, every reason to be this level of excited about him. And if I'm Gunnar Henderson and Cal Ripken says I'm open to having more prolonged conversations, I would say you name the time and the place. (laughs) Right? Like, you name the time and the place. Wherever it is, I will meet you any moment of any day that you are willing to spend time with me and to talk about like how what you see and how I continue my progression as a baseball player. 
I mean, that that is a resource that, I, you know, we talk about how much Jackson Holiday has had advantages in his career, right? Because he's had not only his dad, but, you know, he's told us, like, his dad brings over all of these baseball legends, and they basically, like, live at the house for a little while and train with him. And so Jackson's just had this, you know, almost ungodly advantage because of it. Well, this is a pretty sizable advantage that Gunnar Henderson could have of having the ear of Cal Ripken Jr. for the next uh, years to come as he's here in Baltimore. Great stuff. Always appreciate the Iron Man taking time for us. Uh, we can uh, we wait and take the break after uh, our final segment of the show. If you would uh, prefer to do that, I would be quite all right with it. Reminder, the Project Game Day returns this Sunday. Rita and myself and the cast of special guests all throughout the course of the season. It was great to have Femi Ayambadejo this past week. Vante Leach has been involved. And we're going to keep that going throughout the course of the year with Project Game Day. You can watch it live, facebook.com slash pressboxsports, youtube.com slash pressboxonline, or pressboxonline.com slash video. Sorry, pressboxonline.com slash game day. Make sure I get that right. Those are the ways that you can watch the show live immediately following every Ravens game this season. It's all brought to you by Superbook Sports and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. Project Game Day, every game day this year. Come join us immediately following every Ravens game. All right. It's Tuesday. Every Tuesday this season. We try to uh, set out the next week and decisions that we might need to make and how we can improve our team and our circumstances in fantasy football. And joining us now, he is Pressbox Fantasy Football Analyst, brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel, our friend Mr. Joe Serpico, back with us to preview Waiver Wire Wednesday. Joe, it's good to talk to you, bud. Thank you for taking the time for us. Absolutely, and I'll start this show the same way as last time. Only two teams are still 4-0 now that? in our press box league. How about that? Yeah, tough week for old Griffin Bass. Tough week for I mean, GB. One of the worst fantasy performances I think <laughs> I've ever Not had. Not a great showing in my life. from Team Griffin this past week. So he needs a little bit of help because he put up, although nice, 69 points <laughs> this week. 69 points from Griffin's team as uh, he suffered uh, his second setback of the season, and I improved to 4-0. Um, you know, I, I feel like, and I, led the, I talked about this at the beginning of the show, I feel like the waiver wire itself, not particularly a large story this week. We can get to some names in a minute, but I feel like the stories this week in fantasy football are, are kind of unrelated to the waiver wire. Obviously, the story of stories is Jonathan Taylor, and so I just want to get generically from you, where are you at? Like, if Jonathan Taylor practices this week and they announce on Friday that he's going to play – where would you rank him? Is he immediately must play? Do you say like, hey, maybe you wait a week and just see exactly how much they want to ramp him up? And like, where are you at with Jonathan Taylor if he plays on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, we've talked about him a couple times this year. Uh, I was always under the impression that he we wouldn't get to this stage that uh, by the time that he came back from this injury that he would be left off the Colts, yep. and this kind of leaves you in a little bit of a predicament because. Zach Moss has played pretty well. Uh, Jonathan Taylor uh, you know, has been arguably one of the best running backs in the league since he's been drafted. So as far as for fantasy goes, I think I am on that boat of, say, let's wait a week. Let's see if that ankle really is okay. Now, if you're like me, I don't really know if there was an ankle injury there. I think that was uh, a, by- a byproduct of uh, kind of the circumstances this offseason. 
but I think it's also a little bit too hard for them to just write off Zach Moss right now. So I think it'll be maybe not a 50-50 split, but I'm kind of holding out to see what happens there. And in the case of Moss, I am definitely still holding on to him, even if uh, Taylor's around for a little Let bit. Me, and then, okay. Again, hopefully it's traded. Where where would you rank Jonathan Taylor like this week if he plays? Um, I'm saying somewhere in the let's say the 20 to 25, 30 range, somewhere around okay. there. Because again, I'm not I'm not expecting him to take on a full workload right away. Uh, you know, there, uh, I will trust guys that will. Uh, we know we're going to be established in our roles now. There's a whole not a whole lot of them this year. Uh, running, I talked about it last week. Running backs this year, outside of uh, uh, C Mac, have been uh, a little bit off. But yeah, it's I would still kind of hold out hope that uh, that's a trade for him. Uh, if you're an owner of Moss or Taylor, to, to be frank, and then uh, kind of hope from there that uh, they kind of both take off. So for what it's worth, like in a league where maybe you had all up, God, I have embarrassment of riches in this league. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, Josh Jacobs, and Devin Achan, you're probably not playing Ooh. Jonathan Taylor this week. Over those guys, no. I'd, like yeah, I said, just geez. because those guys you just mentioned, you all, they have feature roles. Uh, I mean, I think Achan at this point might be the lead back in uh, Miami. Yeah, I think like he it. took over that job kind of quickly, uh, and, which was a little bit surprised. He played 66% of the snaps this past week, which was you – know, which is awesome, uh, especially after Mostert did next to nothing, and then you got Jeff Wilson coming back soon too. Uh, so of all the four guys you mentioned, yeah, uh, I know Taylor uh, going into the season was a pre, you know, like a preseason top fifteen pick. But until we kind of see how things shake out there, you kind of got to rely on those other three guys. But I'm presuming that I would probably play him in like our league, where my options would be at the flex, Romeo Dobbs, for example, or Adam Thielen, or Isaiah Pacheco, I'm probably playing him in that league. Oof, I ain't really testing me here. Um, I really like what I've seen from Dobbs as of late. He's somebody I have listed in uh, waiver wires this week because he's inexcusably owned in less than 50% of leagues. I don't understand why. He was a top 10 receiver going into last week. Uh, after week four, he's still a top 20 receiver. So I don't understand that. Uh, and especially in our league, which is PPR, I think I do value Dobbs a little bit more. Um, uh, we'll have to run by me the other two names there. But I, I, honestly, I think if we're just, just kind of remembering, I, I still think I'm kind of holding out more hope on wow. a feeling who's got a ton of targets, and I can't remember what the Pacheco last one was. was the but I'm one. still – say it again. Pacheco. Pacheco. And see, he's another one that's – I've liked what I've seen from him thus far this year. So it's just kind of – I'm still in wait-and-see mode with the All Colts right. right now just because, like – you just don't know what they're going to do with this week. And then on top of that, I mean, the guy who gets the most rushing touchdowns for them, let's face it, is going to be Anthony Richardson. Well, that might be true, too. There is something to be said for that. But I still think that, like, this is Jonathan Taylor that we're talking about, and it, it kind of is what it is. Um, let's have the conversation about Jamison Williams. Let's have that conversation. And I, I feel like if you're in a league that has an IR spot, he was probably owned in most of those leagues. If you don't have one, he might be available. Where, where are you at with um, how you go after Jamison Williams this week? Yeah, I think he's somebody who is a must-add. Uh, the Lions have hit on all of their early picks in the past couple of years, and Jamison Williams might be the most talented of them all. Uh, we haven't gotten to see that yet just because of the injuries and the suspension. Uh, this change in the rules is the only reason he's allowed back. And that, yes, you're correct. Uh, if you were able to stash him, uh, that's great. 
Um, but if he's still out there available for you, he immediately becomes the Lions wide receiver too. Uh, I, I'm not crazy about Josh Reynolds or uh, Marvin Jones or uh, Raymond there. Uh, I think Williams becomes that guy. Now, am I starting him this week? No, I, I'm kind of, again, kind of similar with Taylor. I'm kind of waiting waiting it out a week or so, see how things play out from there. But once he gets truly acclimated to the offense, Williams is a guy I think could have wide receiver two potential. The Lions are, let's face it, they're, they're one of the better offenses in the league right now. They're going to throw it a ton. Uh, I like what I've seen from them. All around, too. Even David Montgomery, the pass game, the run game. I think the Lions are just one of those teams you want to get as much uh, stock into as you can. I get it. Uh, they have that type of excitement. Unfortunately, Jamison Williams, even in the league where I don't have an IR spot, is not available for me. Um, and then in our league, I believe Griffin has I do, him, I do, so yeah. So I got some decisions not, to make yeah, this week, I not guess. Not available there. All right, um, let's go to the actual waiver wire. Um, I- I'll start at running back. I feel like McLaughlin is probably the most interesting name. Is that one that you're really considering uh, for waiver wire reasons or maybe a stash later in the week? Yeah, I listed him just because, honestly, it, it is a light week for waiver wire purposes, especially at the running back position. Uh, the injury to Javante Williams, it was, I believe it was a hip injury, knocked him out this past Sunday, and it was uh, McLaughlin who, took, who stepped up, but not uh, Samaje Pirine. Uh, so that's something to keep an eye on, but it sounds like uh, Williams kind of dodged a big injury. might be just a week or two uh, that he misses. So I'm not uh, going overly crazy to add McLaughlin to my team, honestly, based on how your, your running back situation is. He is probably somebody I'm hoping to pick up uh, after the waiver period, as opposed to putting in a waiver claim, uh, just because I still think P. Ryan's still going to be involved. I think it's going to be more of a more 50-50 split than we saw uh, this past Sunday. I just think uh, McLaughlin was the one that took advantage of the touches. You know, we can see it flip-flop this week. If you're a Javante Williams owner, should you be putting a waiver claim in for him? Um, I guess yes, if you are in the need to play him uh, if you're somebody who's again weak at running back and you know Williams is, was your best option and you need to play that spot yeah but he's still going to be probably like, like a running back four for me this week I, I, just because I still expect it to be a 50-50 timeshare with P. Ryan even though we saw him be the, the higher player this week I, I don't think this is a case of like what we saw a couple weeks ago with Hodging where he's going to take over the job I think you're going to see more 50-50 in Denver he is Pressbox fantasy football analyst Joe Serpico. He is with us here on GCR, brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. Um, Joe, let me move. I'm assuming I, I saw you had Tajay Spears on your your waiver wire write up, but is that really just more like a let's acknowledge him, but probably not actually thinking about him for waiver wire reasons? Pretty much, yeah. Like I said before, it's just been a light week for, for waivers, at least for, for the running back this week. And Spears was somebody, again, like you just said, just to acknowledge him, he is getting a lot more touches than many people think. Uh, Derrick Henry has 133 touches. Spears has 120. That's almost, you know, I'm not that good at math, but that's almost a 50-50 split right there. And Spears is on the field a lot because of his receiving work. And let's face it, we might be seeing the downfall of Derrick Henry. He's just looked slow so far this year. I mean, he's, Henry's still going to get all those running back touches, yes, but Spears is one of those like handcuff guys you can really keep an eye on, say anything were to happen to Henry. 
Um, once again, I am, uh, you know, still looking for answers at tight end, as I guess I'm going to be all season. Is Jonu Smith someone that we should really be considering, uh, Joe? Let me start by saying I don't understand what the Falcons are doing with uh, Kyle Pitts. Uh, you have this generational talent at the position there, and now it's Jonu Smith who's getting more targets than him, who's supposed to be basically his backup there. Uh, am I going crazy to get Jonu Smith? No, because I still think that in the grand scheme of things, they want Pitts to be more involved. Uh, I know that Jonu right now is wide receiver, or excuse me, tight end 10, I believe, which is wild because that should be Kyle Pitts when you really think about it. But no, I, I'm not going crazy to add Jonu Smith. Honestly, this week I thought it was another one of those weird weeks for even tight ends. It's kind of hard to uh, kind of pinpoint uh, a tight end to even go after this week. I put Cole Komet in, in this week just because you know, it was more of, I saw him being dropped just because he was off to a slow start. But as far as like a guys are really fine at tight end this week, it's really a little rough sledding. The whole position as a whole, like, again this year, even Travis Kelsey hasn't gone off to the uh, to the monster start that we're used to seeing, especially to garner a uh, first round pick. Yeah, it's uh, this is the reason why y'all can make fun of me all you want. I'm going early on tight end because I'm not going to be in hell like you are anymore. That's the reality of the circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, by the way, this is the final week, Griffin. You want to tell everybody about uh, we're trying to hook everybody up with their opportunity to get personalized fantasy advice from uh, Joe Serpico. But these are the last few days for you to sign up for this contest. Yes, indeed. If you're like me and your kicker was your best, uh, was, was your highest scoring player this Yikes. week, then this Oof. is the contest for you. Press Box in Live Casino and Hotel. They have the answer. One lucky winner will receive a private fantasy football consultation with our very own fantasy football expert, Joe Serpico, here with us. Uh, with ongoing help throughout the season, including advice on starts and sits, trades, and waiver wire pickups, plus a VIP game day experience at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland Sports and Social with a reserve table and $200 worth of food and beverage credit. Again, $200 worth of food and beverage credit. To enter, go to PressBoxOnline.com slash contest. That's PressBoxOnline.com slash contest. Again, PressBoxOnline.com slash contest. Must be 21 or older to enter. Complete rules are available at PressBoxOnline.com slash contest. All right, let's talk about one of the guys that is uh, featured in your Waiver Wire Wednesday report this week and that you and I have brought up in past weeks, but I am starting to come around on. Um, In that league where I'm very excited about my running backs, my quarterbacks are Trevor Lawrence and Matt Stafford. And neither one of them is dreadful, but neither one of them has been particularly explosive this season. I think I'm in far more because I have what? Daniel Jones and Joe Burrow right oh, now. Boy. Oh boy! Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so you keep bringing up C.J. Stroud, and I look and I see C.J. Stroud, and I, you can't get me to get excited about any of the other. You can't get me to get excited about picking up, you know, Josh Dobbs because I, I just don't know what's going to happen there with Kyler Murray and any of that. And you can't get me to get excited about Zach Wilson because you know I, I, I'm breathing. You can't get me to get excited about Sam Howe, but I'm buying in on C.J. Stroud a little bit, and I'm thinking to myself, C.J. Stroud might be a good addition to my team. So tell me, am I at the place where I'd actually, like, let's just say I were to put in a waiver claim this week, and it would be a good week to do it because I moved to the bottom of the bunch after I got my claim in for A-chan last week, right? So, like, it wouldn't really hurt me to just go ahead and put another claim in this week. I'm already at the bottom. If I get him, I get him, so what? But if I were to put a claim in for Stroud this week, am I actually playing him over those guys? 
am I really just letting one of those guys go from my roster altogether in favor of Stroud at this point? Like, what am I, if those are my options, what am I doing here? I think this is a good week to bench uh, Lawrence, considering they're playing the Bills. I think we need to talk about the Bills being maybe the best defense in the NFL right now, the way they are just swallowing teams up. Uh, so, yeah, I honestly would consider playing Stroud over uh, Lawrence this week uh, for for reasons I just said. And they like uh, Stroud a lot more than I actually thought. They're letting him throw it way more than I originally anticipated. I thought they would be more of a team that would rely on Damian, uh, Damian Pierce and Devin Singletary. I thought that would be a, a real thing, considering um, D'Amico Ryans came from the 49ers background, so I kind of figured they would try to run the ball more. But Stroud started at least 30 times in each game. We've seen that he's got weapons at receiver. Nico Collins had a phenomenal game this weekend. Last week it was Tank Dell. Uh, Robert Woods is that savvy veteran that's getting all the uh, first downs, the little things over the middle. So I, I like what I have seen from Stroud as of late. So, yeah, he is somebody that I'm I'm definitely considering actually putting in, in lineups moving forward. As long as he's throwing for almost 300 yards a game, uh, the Texans we've talked about, they're going to be trailing a lot this year. They're 2-2 two and two right now, but they are still one of the uh, worst rosters of the league. So I still anticipate them to throw the ball a ton, and Stroud's going to be a beneficiary, and I think the other two other receivers I just mentioned will be as well. So when I put this claim in, I can put it in to have the drop Matt Breida, right, which I think is a fairly safe thing to do moving forward. I don't, I don't feel anything about that, plus you saw what my running backs were in that league. So if I do that, right, and if I put the claim in to drop Breida, I still think I'm going to have to make another move this week because I'm going to have to put Jonathan Taylor on my active roster. Would you just be releasing Matt Stafford then at that point? Would you just be sending him back into the wild? Yeah, considering you know what the rest of the roster makeup uh, you've got there. Yeah, I mean, at some point you got to cut your losses at, at some positions. You know, sometimes you do want to hold on to that one more guy, but you, you, let's face it, for fantasy purposes, you only have so much roster room. So if in that circumstance there, I feel much better about Lawrence and Stroud moving forward this year. I don't like Stafford's matchup this week against the Eagles. Right. So, so yeah, I mean, and definitely drop Brita. We talked about him, uh, was it last week or two weeks ago? I just never thought he was going to be a thing, and I think uh, you know, Barkley, I think, should be back any week now, if not next week probably. So, yeah, Brita, I would let go. Stafford, I would let go for those moves that you mentioned. You mentioned Dobbs already, uh, the other Dobbs, Romeo Dobbs, and Michael Wilson is the other name that I feel like has popped up at wide receiver, who I know is on your list this week. But are those are those legitimately waiver claims, or are those also, like, you know, per, perhaps Thursday moves? Romeo Dobbs, I'm trying to. I'm trying to get on my team. Uh, like I said before, I just don't understand how he's available in 50% of leagues. When he's a top 20 receiver, we heard about the hype between him and Jordan Love heading into the season to begin with, and it's kind of translated over now. A lot of people are going to turn around and say, that's because Christian Watson missed time, and I, I totally get that. But I don't think that Dobbs is just going to be somebody that's going to be out of the picture uh, once Watson's completely back, fully healthy in the offense. Um and I'm sorry, who was the other one you mentioned for me there? Michael, oh, Michael Wilson. Wilson. Uh, Michael Wilson is, he's borderline. It's more of a situation. It kind of depends on how your wide receiver uh, room plays out. If you can, if you think you can get him for free the following day, I would much rather go that route. Uh, but if your wide receiver room is a little is a little light and you want to throw maybe a 2 $3 to get to him on your team, uh, he is the 
wide receiver too. A lot of people thought that was going to be Rondell Moore going into the year, uh, but it's been Wilson who's seen more snaps as the number two receiver. And he's got seven plays of 20 plus yards. I mean, he's just a downfield threat. He's a big guy. I just like what I've seen from him so far this year. But as far as waving some fab money on him, no, I I'm more of more trying to pick him up uh, the following period if I can, and then uh, hope that he maybe becomes something again. I, you know, you want Dobbs is I, I do like Josh Dobbs. I don't know if we want to talk about him, but I do like his rushing uh, I, I, his but, rushing ability. But that, what do you do about that, like? Are you convinced that they're just gonna not ever play Kyler Murray again? Like I'm. Well, there's the talk in Arizona that they might tank, you know, for Caleb I Williams. So you. if that does play out, and then if you let's face it, I mean, Tyler Murray might be a guy that you can play the second half of the season if he does come back. Uh, but we, you know, if you're a team that needs the win now, if you're let's say a two and two team or a one and three team, and you're desperate at a quarterback, yeah. Dobbs is not a you know, he's not a terrible guy because he's rushed for at least 40 yards the past three games, and it's not just. You know, he was scrambling because Arizona's offensive line is not that good. They're designing plays for him, and he's got to throw an interception himself. So uh, they're playing conservative with him. He's not doing anything to make mistakes. I like the rushing yardage. So that's why I'm not, I'm not saying to start him over uh, some of the big teams, but if you're super hurting, uh, especially we didn't even get to talk about it, there are teams on a bye this week. Uh, if you're absolutely in the need of a quarterback, Dobbs isn't a terrible option. All right, Joe Serpico, of course, you can see all of his stuff. PressBoxOnline.com is where you check it out. Of course, at Joe Serp on Twitter is where you find him. And, again, these are the final days last week for you to get in. PressBoxOnline.com slash contests. Joe Serpico, always appreciate you, man. We'll talk to you again next Tuesday, all right? Absolutely. Take care, guys. It's Joe Serpico, PressBox Fantasy Football Analyst, brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. All right, uh, winding down uh, here for hour number two of the program. Today's show has also been brought to you by the print issue of PressBox. Final days of this print issue of PressBox. Lamar Jackson on the cover. Great cover story from Bo Smolka about Lamar in the contract era. If you have not picked it up, make sure you go get it now because it ain't going to be there forever. It'll be gone within the next couple of weeks and replaced by a new baseball-themed issue of PressBox. We'll wait a little bit to give you more of the details of that, but go get this one right now before it's gone. When we come back in, uh, tidbit tubular. I do want to say one thing quickly about Trevor Bauer. I want to do that on the other side, um, but then tidbit and tubular as we wind down for a Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Come for a game, stay for everything else. Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouthwatering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at baltimore.org slash hotels. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. 
best and use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. The Maryland Five Star returns to iconic Fair Hill October 19th to 22nd, marking the next chapter in Maryland's equestrian tradition. Best described as the triathlon of horse eventing, you won't want to miss this thrilling sport. Enjoy a fall festival with local fair, retail vendors, and tons of family fun. Come for the event and stay for the experience in Cecil County, home to the Chesapeake Bay waterfront with vibrant small towns and accommodations to suit every desire. It's the place to be in October. Visit Mar- MarylandFiveStar.us for tickets. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Tyus Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 The Fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. A partnership of Press Box and Great Ace Memorabilia. The next Tyus Bowser show is Tuesday, October 3rd at Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports. And don't forget, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, visit HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? A.J. Michaels, Heating and Air Conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, AJMichaels.com. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Make sure you're tuned in every Tuesday for Pressbox Fantasy Football Analyst Joe Serpico to get you ready for your Waiver Wire Wednesday, brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. And if you have other fantasies you want fulfilled, subscribe to Glenn and Jeremy Kahn's OnlyFans page at... Wait, are people supposed to know about that? Just heard from Joe Serpico this morning. How about that? How about the timing there? Uh, Today's show is also brought to you by the Baltimore County Police Department. You heard from Corporal Robbie Wright this morning. Wants to see you Saturday, October 28th at the Public Safety Building, 700 East Joppa Road in Towson for a hiring event, but it's also a community event, and it's important on both aspects. Corporal Wright, the Baltimore County Police Department have competitive salaries, great uh, bonus packages available. It's a great opportunity for you if you're looking for a different career path, if you know someone who's struggling to launch maybe out of high school or college, 
it's a great direction for them with the Baltimore County Police Department. And on that date, you'll be able to go through the written test, the agility test, the application process, all of it. That's all there. So go, show up, and find out more at joinbaltimorecountypd.com in, in order to you know, get all of the I's dotted and the T's crossed and know everything that you're getting into before you get there. Go ahead and go to that website and get more information. But even if you're not, as Corporal Wright mentioned, it's just a great day for the community to come interact with the Baltimore County Police Department in a safe, friendly, fun way for your kids to get in their costumes and to walk around at a trunk or treat event and get some candy. So perfect, perfect day for all of those things. Saturday, October 28th, Public Safety Building in Towson, the Baltimore County Police Department. Now, I don't want to spend too much time on this topic, but there was a lot of hullabaloo on the Internet yesterday about Trevor Bauer as the final lawsuit between he and an accuser was settled. And by settling it, he was allowed to speak publicly about it. And he put out a video, and I, like many of you, watched the video, and the evidence presented in the video certainly makes it seem like there was a little bit of a setup, right? And it led to a lot of people saying things like this. Trevor Bauer was a victim. Trevor Bauer deserves apologies. Trevor Bauer should sue Major League Baseball. Trevor Bauer should be signed tomorrow. In the... In the the America that Elon Musk wants, that's probably about right. In in the world in which we present things with certain evidence and withhold other evidence, in the America in which we just read and react to the most recent thing that we've seen, that's the type of thing that we would say. In an America where we think we have to respond to everything, because that's how social media works. We've got to have an opinion about everything. More realistically, let's talk about what we've learned. Based on the evidence presented, it would be hard to think that the young lady didn't go meet up with Trevor Bauer thinking to herself, I could profit from this somehow. It'd be hard to feel that way. What it doesn't, it certainly doesn't, it, it goes a long way to, to, to prove that no, this was not an, uh, a, a non-consensual sexual encounter. But I don't think that's ever what was actually alleged. What was alleged was that the violence that occurred during it was non-consensual. And yesterday doesn't, like, you know, he shares out, here's this text that she sent her friend that said, uh, I'm going to have him choke me. That doesn't mean that, like, him punching her was necessarily consensual. I don't know. Here's what I know. Even if there was a consensual agreement to have rough sex, what we saw, those pictures, present a picture where, yeah, I'm good with this guy not playing for my team. I I don't care what was consensual between someone and another person. 
being that violent towards a woman under any circumstances, agreed upon or not, I, I don't know what the line is. I got to be honest with you. But I'm okay with saying, yeah, not for me. And I don't know that which allegations are the problematic. I didn't pay enough attention to Major League Baseball's report to know like which part of this they said that's the reason why we're suspending you. Because my guess is nothing that came out yesterday would invalidate that suspension. That's my guess. My guess is that nothing was proven yesterday that would make it so that Major League ba- Baseball definitively overreached. Certainly seems like there is probably a bit more gray area about the entirety of the story than how it was originally presented. But what what, what we're failing to grasp is the story was never presented as Trevor Bauer raped someone. So proving consent, well, that wasn't the actual problem. The problem is the extent of the violence. And even some of the texts that we've seen afterwards that would, again, suggest that the, the actual sexual act itself was consensual. Even the jokes that she was sending to her friends the next day said, yeah, but I didn't expect him to give me a black eye. So there's still too much there for us to make these sweeping generalizations. And there is no world in which I'm comfortable labeling Trevor Bauer as being a victim. I think that's insane. And I think it does marginalize that there have been people who have just been patently falsely accused of things that were blatantly false. And I don't want to marginalize them either. There appears to still be a lot of gray area about this story. And by the way, there were also three other accusers that we haven't, because the only story that's been presented is this, and because Trevor Bauer and the people that represent him and make money off of him all want the narrative to be that Trevor Bauer was falsely accused and we can prove it. They're trying to make it, you know, he was targeted. Right, all of these things. And again, the only thing they've factually done is suggest that there is more gray area to the story. And that if anybody has suggested that Trevor Bauer raped this girl, then they've probably proven that's not the case. But again, I don't believe that was ever alleged. I don't think that ever came up. I think the girl from the, the moment one, the victim here, the alleged victim, said that I had consensually agreed upon having sex. But the issue was the extent of the violence. And in the end, I don't feel any different about that. There's still no world in which I would ever be okay with Trevor Bauer playing for my team. Seeing the images of you being involved with a woman and her looking like that, man, I don't, I don't care what. I, I don't want to get personal by any aspect, but I don't care if a girl said to me, I want you to be physical with me. There's no way we're getting to there. So we got to be careful in how we have these conversations. It's easy to fall into the trap of the narrative that someone once presented. It's easy to fall in the trap of, again, the 
the dumbing down this this Twitter thing where everybody what what John Jameson in Sheboygan says is as valuable as someone who's actually reporting on the issue the America that Elon Musk wants but we've got to be capable of having bigger brains here and not just falling for the notion that this video that Trevor Bauer presented yesterday is proof of full exoneration of him ever having done anything wrong. That's not what occurred. What did occur? I, I, I don't know enough to be able to tell you that. I, I can't. I couldn't possibly. But what I know is that that didn't that this video that he made that everybody shared out, and that's fine, right? Like, it was newsworthy what he had to say. It didn't say Trevor Bauer has done nothing wrong here and is a victim. And should, there's still a lot of layers to this conversation. A lot of them. And we've got to be capable of having adult conversations about that moving forward. And what it definitely doesn't mean is that, well, now I'd be comfortable with my team signing Trevor Bauer. Not a chance in hell. Now I've said my piece about it, and we can move on. Let's get a tidbit. Oh, but there was one. There was a sports-related question last night at trivia. Mm. It was not a great trivia night for us. I think we finished in fourth. Oh, Ugh. man. Stunk. Jeez. Stunk. God. After we were like third last up? week. Yeah. yeah, right? And that's after we got the final. The final was extraordinary. If you, I'm going to guess you don't know, but it, it's very it, nice. it, it, it's a very recent current event story. No, then probably not. Yeah. Uh, Eric Johnson recently switched party affiliations, becoming the first, the only mayor in the country of a city of a million or more people to now be a registered Republican. What city is Eric Johnson the mayor of? Um, that would have to probably be what Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I don't know if there are a million people in Sioux Falls, South oh. Dakota, or not, but it's not Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Um, maybe Oklahoma City. It's not Oklahoma City. Oh, for two. Keep going. Let's Albuquerque? see. How Albuquerque. Albuquerque. It's not Albuquerque. Oh, for Santa three. Fe. Not Santa Fe. I don't know if there's a million people in Santa Fe. Oh, man. Four. I'm gonna guess there aren't. Dallas. Number five. You get it. Really? On the fifth Those try. Dallas, oh, Dallas is. So we got it, and we got all the points for that, but we still finished in fourth place. Was you, a, who knew it was Dallas? Most people, it's a very, it's been a very popular, I say a very discussed recent news story. Like, that's why I didn't like it as a final. I mean, don't get me wrong, I was glad I knew it, but like, as a final, that's a story that has been quite prevalent in recent weeks in America. Um, Hmm. The only sports question name the Atlanta Braves player, Matt Olson, who recently joined the 4040 Club. Not Matt Olson. There was a bonus point available for, can you name the last player to have joined the 4040 Club in 2006 with the Washington Nationals? Um. All right. Well, so it was Ronald Acuna. Obviously, Washington, yes. The, the Nationals. Which again, I feel like most of the bar got. Not everybody, but I feel like most people got Ronald Acuna. Um, there are only two. There are only two of us who got it, and I got to be honest with you, well, I so, almost didn't get it. So Alfonso Soriano was that's the correct the answer, and this is okay. the goofy part. I utterly forgot that Alfonso Soriano know, yeah. was a national. I was like, well, but it still had to be. So the way the way the question was written, I was like, okay, I think the last guy in the forty forty club was Alfonso Soriano. I don't remember Alfonso Soriano playing for the Nationals, but I'm pretty sure it's the answer, and I can't think of anybody else who would have been a national in two thousand six. 
that would have had been in the forty forty club. So Zimmerman, no, yeah, Ryan Zimmerman. Forty stolen bases yeah. for Ryan Zimmerman. I mean, that's the only. I think that's the only 06 national. I think I can think of. Uh, was Dimitri Young still a national oh, yeah, in 06? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Josh Willingham, was Josh he a national Willingham. in 06? Let's see if we can pull up. Hang on. See, no, no, no. Okay. Pull up the 2006 nationals. Let's see if I can name five players. <laughs> see if – I don't know how many guesses I would need in order to get there. But obviously we would go with um, Ryan right, Zimmerman. So you got Zimmerman. Okay. Um, he was third on the team in war we, that uh, year. We, of course, know Alfonso Soriano now. He was first so in two, war that season. Two for two. Was was Dimitri Young a national? Um, Dimitri Young was. Um, let's see, he was not in their starting nine on Baseball Reference. Here doesn't look like it. All right, does not look like it. Was Josh Willingham a national in two thousand? Josh Willingham was not. Oh boy, I don't think we're gonna do well here. <laughs> I might not be able to do this. Um, I'm trying to think of any of the former Expos that might have still been on the Nationals. The only one that might have been is Jose Vidro. Was Jose Vidro Jose still? Jose Vidro. Wait, I thought I just saw it there. Uh, no, no, no. Oh, oh yeah, yes. Jose Vidro hey, won. Second yeah, I got base. a third. He played, oh, he played 120 games, yeah. Uh, Josh Willingham did not show up in Washington until 2009. Mm. So, yeah, that's that's what it is. Uh, <laughs> did pitchers count? Yeah, yeah, pitchers can count. Was Chad Cordero with the Nationals in 2006? Chad Cordero. Yes, he was. Hey! <laughs> he had he played, uh, 65 appearances. I guess. Yeah, the bullpen around there. Hmm. So I've gotten four. Uh, Yes. Uh, yeah. Pedro. I, I don't think there's a chance in hell that I can come up with another one, though. Second on the team in war with a 5.0 war, the first baseman that season. He hit, he, hit, he hit 290. You know what's crazy about that? That's Nine. Adley Rutschman's war, right? Like, he had a hell of a season, yeah. obviously. He had a 948 OPS in 147 games. Damn. Yeah. He had 46 doubles. Uh, I don't think I don't think I can come up with like any other way I can give a hint for this guy. Because uh, I got nothing, man. Generic last name. Okay. <laughs> Let's see. He was he? No, he wasn't an Oriole. Okay. Uh, he started with the Yankees. Nick Johnson. Oh, Nick Johnson. I do kind of remember Nick Johnson. Yeah, Nick that's a good Johnson. Point. Oh, yeah. He played in 2012. He he was with the Orioles. What? I don't remember <laughs> Nick Johnson being an Oriole in 2012. What? Did he play? He had, uh, Yeah, apparently 38 games. How the hell do I not remember that at all? Number 33 for the Baltimore I don't Orioles remember Nick Johnson having. This is. St I'm starting to think this is like that Sinbad movie thing where like <laughs> you say something's a fact, but I'm not sure if it's a fact or not. That is mm. really weird. Uh, uh, was LeVon Hernandez... On that team was he? He it was his era, right? Oh yes, Levon Hernandez was in fact five. Yeah, there you go, five <laughs> baby. Two thousand six Washington Nationals, but I didn't know that last night. I did not realize that Soriano was a national. Uh, Marlon Bird was on this team as well. Okay, all right, the center fielder. But I Jose. did, get, I did get it right. Is the point? Yes. Uh, here's one that I'll be embarrassed that you definitely won't know. That was uh, trivia last night. Can you name the current two senators from the state of Maryland? Ben Cardin. Yes. I, by the way, you did one better than I thought you were going to do. <laughs> I hope my mom's not listening Oh, today. for God's sakes, She's Griffin. Be me. Who's the other senator? This isn't good, dude. Oh, man, I should These know are the little things. Like, I think you should name, be able to name the entire congressional delegation from your <laughs> wow. state. No, I think that people should be able to do that. I don't think it should be asking that much to know the congr – I mean, especially in a state our size. Maybe in California yeah. I can yeah, understand, okay. like, not knowing the congressional delegation. But in a state our size, we should Justin know. Justin Reedy, he's a delegate. He's a delegate. Yeah. He's not. That's a state office. That's not a. Oh, okay. That's not congressional. Yeah. Um, man. Yeah. I mean, I got. I got nothing. Oh man, 
who's our other senator? There's a hundred senators in in the country. I know, I know. Two of them represent our state. I know, I know. Well, I, I, we I vote know Ben Cardin is, yeah. We vote on both of them. This is not like, you know, representative, or, you know, Congress people. You only vote the one that represents your district. This one, this one wasn't up in the most recent, were they? Uh, yeah, I mean, you're going to have to. Chris Van Hollen. Chris Van Hollen. Oh, and man, we got to be able to do that. Can How many of the Congress people from Maryland do you think you could name? I, I, I mean, th- we have what seven, six? Yeah, it's seven, right? Oh God! Now oh this, yeah, wait a now minute. Now you turn the table. On, hang on a second. <laughs> wait a second. I'm gonna write them all down. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Um, I don't. Uh, yeah, man. Can I really not name any? Oh no. I don't think I can. <laughs> the Maryland uh, representatives. Uh, um. Not right. That one. Maybe it is on the six. Yeah, text my sister, see if she knows. Just, no! Just, well, just because I'm curious if she knows. What the hell do you think this is? <laughs> Who wants to be a millionaire? Are you serious? I don't think I can name any. I'm sorry. I'm sorry Are you to the state. Serious? I'm sorry to the, I don't, no, I can't name any representative. I got Ben Carter. That's, that's a good one. You got one of the two senators. You can't name a single congressperson from the no. state of... No, I can't. I, I'm sorry. I don't think... I don't think... I don't, I don't know. I'm trying to think of who anyone like remotely around my age that would know and i think my sister probably is the the closest person that i would have that's in my that's in my uh in my in my uh circle of people <laughs> that would know i'm sorry i, I apologize oh you. you know what i actually forgot about one because see? no right, because see? hang on and and I, this is the reason why because just went into office this year just went into office and i completely so I forgot that Anthony Brown took a... I, I would have... Oh. The number is yeah, eight, by the way. Eight. And I would have okay. gotten all eight, except for I still would have had Anthony Brown on my list because I completely forgot that Anthony Brown um, moved into uh, the... Ravens attorney. practice squad to no, represent no, yeah, the, the quarterback. No, Anthony Brown, uh, the former lieutenant governor, became the um, uh, attorney general of gotcha. the state of Maryland. And so they had to replace him, and I utterly forgot about the guy that they replaced him with. So... You can go ahead and ask her, but this is oh, okay. really shameful that you couldn't name Sorry. one. Um, like some of yeah, them, I mean, like, gonna... like some of them, have gotten a lot of publicity recently. Jamie Raskin, for example, has gotten a ton of publicity of late. Um, he had uh, gone, went through a cancer battle. Uh, Little Steven from the E Street Band uh, sent him from uh, the Sopranos sent him a cool bandana to wear Not around really. the Capitol while he was going through his cancer battle. Jamie Raskin. Andy Harris is the only oh, Republican of the group. I sh- I, that name, that Pretty name hot I button figure in the state of Maryland. Yeah, I should have known Andy yeah. Harris. How about former Baltimore County Executive Dutch Rupersberger? Pretty well-known name. My sister can't name any, so yeah. That's, Jesus I'm, Christ. My, my one lifeline is... is what fine. are we teaching in the schools? What are, that's a good question. That's yeah, the founder. In fact, Stan brought him up on the show on Friday. The man who founded Total Wine is also one of the representatives in the state of Maryland. Yeah. Um, he's running, I believe, running for Ben Cardin's Senate seat as well. Yeah, you don't know. It's I I, we're not. Know. It's David Trone is uh, the name of that okay. person. Uh, John Sarbanes. Glenn Ivy won. Glenn Ivy is the yes, one that played. My, re- my sister did. She, he I don't replaced know she said Anthony. Which she might have looked it up on the internet at this point if she said uh, no at true. first. Jesus. Uh, Steny Hoyer and uh, the man who was the former head of the NAACP, Kwasi Fume who uh, replaced the late oh, uh, yeah. Elijah Cummings uh, was his replacement in the uh, in the United States Congress. Those are the eight Congress people, the eight representatives from the state of Maryland. 
how many of the counties? You know what? We're going to save it for another day. Do the counties again? I do the county quiz all the time, and it bothers. <laughs> I forget what I got when I started. Yeah, well, we might revisit it. <laughs> I think I could do better right. than when I started. I don't even know if I want to do your tidbit after that performance, and it's also 1226. Yeah, all right, I'll do a quick one. Uh, you give me a, yeah, a quick day. hitter. Can we save trivia for tomorrow? Um. Yeah, sure. Okay, uh, okay. Uh, Daniel Jones. Okay, well, we'll start here. Giants are the only team to play three primetime games so far this season. They are, of course, 0-3 have a negative 79-point differential being outscored 94-15 to 15 in their three primetime games. It is the worst point Not differential great. in any of any team in any span of three primetime games, uh, of three consecutive primetime games in a season uh, ever in NFL history. So uh, bad, bad, historically bad start for the Giants. Why have they been on three primetime games? Because is, is it's it? the New York market. Because that's the reality. Like, this... It, you're stuck with this for forever because they fall into the traps of Cowboys, New York, still Chicago. Packers will still pop up a few times because of the brand value. They they fall into brand value and market size over the players because everybody recognizes. Now we know. The NBA figured this out years ago. You guys want to watch the players. That's what you want to watch. So put Steph Curry on TV. Put Steph Curry, LeBron James, Kevin Durant. Put the stars of stars on television as frequently as possible. And in the NFL, they, for some reason, despite being the NFL, have failed to recognize that that's what we want to watch. We want to watch the players. Don't get me wrong. Like the, I'm not saying we don't want to watch good teams. Like We would prefer that those players be on the good teams. Like Russell Wilson has a lot of name brand value. He's also not a good player anymore. Like I'm trying to think of an example of someone who's a good player on a bad team. A quarterback. And that's what it's the quarterbacks that we're talking about. I can't think of somebody who's Josh a, Dobbs. Yeah. Right, thank you. Who's a really good quarterback on a bad team? Um I don't think there is I one. I mean, I guess you are Joe Burrow. Towards her. Joe Burrow yeah, could end go. up being that guy if that if the Bengals continue. Although Joe Burrow is also playing quite poorly, so that wouldn't be a good example. Justin Herbert at times, I, guess, I don't just they're not the a chart. bad team yeah. though. Like the, the at the lowest level, they're a team that flirts with the playoffs, right? Like it's it's never a mistake to put Justin Herbert on t- Kyler Murray, but he hasn't been that good. But Kyler Murray might be the closest argument to this. Like you wouldn't we wouldn't want you to put the Cardinals on just because of Kyler Murray. We want it to be good players on good teams. We'll watch every time. They refuse to. They just want to keep force-feeding you the, the old reliables. We'll talk about these big markets. There are two teams who are yet to run an offensive play with a lead this season. It's the Jets and the Giants. I did see that last Jets night. Jets and the yeah, Giants it's... have yet to. Uh, Daniel Jones now 1-12 on primetime, far and away the worst uh, winning percentage and record of any quarterback to start at least 10 Kirk games. Cousins is laughing at Daniel Jones' primetime record. Uh, Andy Dalton also has a very bad primetime record, six and twenty-one mm. uh, in his career. But uh, Daniel Jones with a point oh seven seven one in twelve. That's remarkable. One in twelve. All right. Uh, and last night, uh, Devon Witherspoon became the most recent rookie with two sacks and an interception in the same game. He is the fifth to do so since two thousand two. Can you name the other four defensive rookies with two sacks and an interception? Before Witherspoon was 2019, before that 2017, and then 03 and 02 were the other two, which might be tougher to get, but we'll see. Jesus. Um, two sacks and an interception. You said 2019? Yes, 2019. Uh, this The years actually aren't helping me, unfortunately. Yeah. 2019. Who was in the draft in 2019? That would have been... So you so 
Kyler Murray was the number one pick that year. Yes. Was that to that yes. draft? So Bosa? Is yep. it Bosa? Nick Bosa of okay. the 49ers. So, yeah, even though Witherspoon is a DB, the other guys are not DBs. Well, that's the sacks. Is the, yeah. I assumed it was either linebackers or edge rushers that came up with the pick. 2017. You're, uh, dude, we're going to be here all day. You're going to have to give me something. Um, he is uh, AFC North team. Garrett? Not Garrett. What? Yep, TJ Watts. Was he really all the way back in 2017? Yeah, yeah. yeah. he's been around for a while now. Uh, and then in 2003, Minnesota Viking. 2003, Minnesota Viking. Um, he was the ninth uh, overall pick in, in, two, in the 2003 NFL draft. Ninth overall pick. It wasn't Greenway, was it? No, it wasn't Greenway. 2003, ninth overall pick by the Vikings in 2003. God, what uh, edge rusher or uh, uh, linebacker? More of a more of a D tackle, like uh, Williams. Kevin Williams. Kevin Williams. Defensive tackle. That's the goofiest thing. <laughs> and then uh, this 2002, this rookie. By the way, I, I couldn't. I be. couldn't have told you which Williams was which Williams because it could have also been Pat Williams, and I okay. wouldn't have. I. I. I don't know. Ah, Kevin. In, yes. I'm telling you, in <laughs> there, in my mind, those two humans are the exact same person. Which one was the one that got busted for like using some star caps or whatever? Um, I, I don't, I'll never. I'll never. Doesn't be able look to tell like it was because I got. I got Kevin's Williams. Wikipedia up here, so it doesn't look like it was him. All right. Um, and then finally, and then, this 2002 rookie who you should be able to get was a Carolina Panther, second overall pick. Peppers? Okay. Julius Peppers. All right. Very good. Very good. Hey, uh, Tidbit was also brought to you today by the Stand the Fan Variety Hour. I believe they had to move some things around this week because of um, the memorial and folks that were coming into town for that. So I, I'm guessing that means probably today for Stan Ross and Luke, but I don't know that with certainty. Mostly on Monday, Stan Ross and Luke get together to talk baseball with you, and I'm assuming that will be back. But just bear with them because I think there was a bit of a sna- scheduling snafu um, this week. But Stan Ross and Luke talking baseball with you every week. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline or PressBoxOnline.com slash video. Tubular, brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and by Toyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Uh, baseball starts this afternoon. One of those fun days where you can just watch sports all day, which I always enjoy. It's sort of like um, NCAA tournament week or the college basketball tournament week around Thanksgiving. Like this is one of those, or college bowl season. One of those Feast, days. Feast week. Yeah, right. that's the college basketball yeah, the, the thing. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yes. Um, today, ABC for game one between the Rangers and Rays. Of course, that's the one that matters most to us. Jordan Montgomery, Tyler Glasnow, the pitching matchup there. Uh, ESPN at 4.30 has game one between the Blue Jays and Twins. Kevin Gaussman, Pablo Lopez. Then game one between the Marlins and Phillies at 8. Jesus Lazardo and Zach Wheeler. ESPN 2 for game one between the Diamondbacks and Brewers at 7 o'clock. Who is Brandon Fat? I don't and, know uh, anything about this person. Fat. Yeah, I think he's who a rookie. Who is that? I think he's a rookie, and uh, he's been having. I feel like they were using him. Like I feel like he were using him as Maybe a closer at some point. He might be brilliant. Been... I don't know, but I'm just realizing that I don't know a game one playoff starter for a team. That's how separated I am from oh, the Arizona Diamondbacks. Brandon, I thought his name was Andrew. <laughs> Brandon Fat going up against Corbin Burns there. Oh, and Woodruff is not gonna is done. Like Woodruff uh, is unavailable missed, for the playoffs. I oh, think is what I heard. The playoffs? I think that's I what it was I like heard. The first series or two. Maybe I I thought it was like one of those. They're saying that because they can't. That they didn't seem like there was a lot of hope about him being available at all. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. 
Uh, tonight, Maryland soccer is on TV, 7 o'clock, against Rutgers on Big Ten Network. ESPN Plus has Navy UMBC soccer at 7 o'clock. NHL Network, Capitals Bruins preseason, 7 o'clock. It's also on uh, Monumental Sports Network and Ducks Kings at 10 o'clock. USA Network for WWE NXT tonight at 8 as well. Anything non-sports-wise? Uh, yeah, a few things, a few things here. Welcome to Wrexham at uh, 10 o'clock on FX. It. it is the Season 3 finale of Only Murders in the Building on Hulu. And on Disney+, Plus. it is the Season 1 finale of Ahsoka. Okay. So check those out. And, uh, yeah, and then the other thing. No. Go to Glenn Clark Radio. <laughs> not, not a highlight. What? Prime Video is doing a, uh, it's like a haunted house special. Make me scream special. Three celebrity teams have to make it through a haunted house without screaming. Yep, good. To re- you should have the mm. one celebrity I recognized. Lil Xan was the one. Oh, God. None of this matters though, because you're gonna be with us at uh, right. Guilford Hall Brewery tonight for the Tyus Bowser show with special guest Justice Hill at seven o'clock. So none of the rest of this matters because we're gonna see you there tonight, seven o'clock. Tyus and Justice Hill at Guilford Hall Brewery. Come hang out with us. It's brought to you. By Superbook Sports and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. Of course, Superbook Sports still offering you that $250, up to $250, same-day first bet match, win or lose, if you use the code GlennClark23 when you sign up, Superbook.com, or download the Superbook app. All right, very good. Thanks today to Cal Ripken, Matt Millen, Corporal Robbie Wright of the Baltimore County Police Department, Joe Serpico. We'll get all of it up in the greatest hits section of the... Oh, my God, it's so good. ...tab at GlennClarkRadio.com. Anything tomorrow? Uh, we'll catch up with Peter Schmuck. Uh, Peter tomorrow. Schmuck's going to join us tomorrow. Stuff and things. Okay. Okay. Thanks, everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Live Casino and Hotel, the Maryland Five Star, A.J. Michaels, the Baltimore County Police Department, Royal Farms, Costas Inn, Superbook Sports, Hartford County, your local Toyota dealer, and buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Tuesday evening. Do we care about, like, go, you know, uh, yeah, like, maybe they, like, maybe, maybe, an, astro- maybe an asteroid hits, uh, <laughs> lands in St. Peter. Let's not say that. Go Maryland and, uh, and UMBC soccer. Duke sucks.